This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And I noticed that the ladies are dressed very nice today. Yeah, we, we never get this. No, I, I they always look out, like Russian peasants. And I saw a bunch of ladies wearing very nice clothes, and they smell really good yeah. too. Uh, I think it's because we have uh, two very manly men, two very uh, cool men that are here in the studio to uh, talk about their latest film. Let me uh, start. I have a couple to, to introduce. Uh, one you may remember from films like uh, Crash and Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Oh, and he's won a few Grammys as well. <laughs> Please welcome Ludacris. Nice to meet you, Chris. Thanks for coming in this morning. Nice to meet you too. I'm mad you got more flat screens in here than I do in, in my in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And the gentleman sitting next to him has just been in a handful of things: uh, Boogie Nights, Three Kings, Perfect Storm, Rockstar, The Italian Job, Invincible. And we have to tell him about Casey's version of Invincible, yeah. uh, The Departed. Phenomenal. It goes on and on. And both these guys are in the new movie called Max Payne. Also, please welcome Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. How you doing, Mark? Good. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. You guys were at the Eagles game yesterday. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> I left. They were up 14 nothing. I thought, oh, this is going to be a route. And then I, I come back from the golf course, and I found out they only scored a field goal after the yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Touchdown. the magic of the Eagles, yeah. Uh, yeah. that they can turn that around that way. <laughs> Where'd you golf? Like Very Pine Valley or something? Or? No, I played at the A-Center. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. A-Center. Nice. How often do you get out and play? Uh, I play every day if I could, but now, you know, I got three kids, and yeah. you know, I got a day job, so. Yep. Got a bit of a movie career going on, too. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm a huge fan of the Max Payne video games. And it always sort of screamed, you know, movie. You know, and, and it, it, the, the narration and the whole presentation of it was a very noir kind of dark, edgy thing. And then when they said you were playing it, my exact word, perfect! Awesome. You know, it's crazy because I read the script before I knew about the game. Oh, really? And I, and I only grew up playing like Pac-Man, Defender, Asteroids. So I was like, how can a, a video game be a movie? And then when I, I actually played the game and watched my assistant who became addicted to it, it's such an elaborate story. It, it is. Really, how could it not be a movie? Have you have you since played it at all? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I had to stop after, right after the movie was over because I, you know, I get on anything. I, I have an addictive personality, so I could be doing that thing like 14, 15 hours a day and, yeah. and See, I'd really be screwed. Right. That's how he messed his thumb yeah. up playing a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happens? <laughs> yeah, sure. I've been training to do this boxing movie for two years. It'll be two years this month. Wow. So Been yeah. training that long yeah. for it? Irish Mickey, to play Irish Mickey Ward. So No kidding. Been doing that. Hopefully it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantee. So, But if, you know, you're playing a guy like that and you want to be... The real thing you gotta you gotta do it day in and day out. So boxing's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's been great. You know, usually I'm I'm like thirty forty pounds heavier, so yeah. it's nice to be a little bit lighter. And wow, have yeah. you done anything where you had to gain weight or put any on for a movie? Yeah, yeah, departed. Uh, you had to gain weight. Yeah, well, no, I'm normally I normally a lot heavier. So, but uh, I've been getting up every day like five. A lot heavier, like how much? <laughs> thirty forty pounds. Really? Yeah. really? Was that a hairpiece you were wearing in the departed? No, that was no, that was actually me growing my hair for Invincible. Yeah, it was crazy because then I put the extensions in the back, and Scorsese told me, "Look, you have to take those out." I said, "There's no way I'm taking them out." Yeah. So we actually had to reshoot the ending of it, and we were supposed to be scheduled to be in and out in five weeks. And you know, he's a cinematic uh, royalty, so he said, "No, I'm not creatively ready to shoot the last scene." I said, "All I do is come in, I pull pull up the gun, I shoot him, and I walk out the door." So I had the shower. Ca it was written that I had a shower cap on, so right. I had the hat. 
and it became this whole big thing. So I, I said I, I refused to take out the hair extensions. And then he refused to shoot the rest of the scene. So I had to come back six months later. They rebuilt the set. Whoa. And then I had to put the hat on anyway because Matt Damon wasn't available. Oh. Yeah. So it was you, a nightmare. So are you, are, you pointing, are you pointing at nothing when you shoot? Or in, in yeah. the scene? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're absolutely hilarious in the movie. And your scenes, especially with Alec Baldwin, are, it cracked me up every time. I read recently that there might be a sequel to it. Is that possible? They talked about the, well, it's based on the Hong Kong trilogy, or Infernal Affairs. So right. they're, uh, they were talking about doing a sequel. Uh, with my character and introducing new characters like De Niro or maybe Brad Pitt and then doing a prequel and wow. bringing everybody else back. But, you know, I've never done a sequel to a movie yet. We were supposed to do one for Italian Job, and I'm not really really into the idea unless we can make it better than You've the first. You've never done a sequel? No. Never done a sequel? No. And i, I, I got to figure with all the movies, like The Departed and, and, and uh, with Four Brothers and, and uh, the number of the films you've been Yeah, they even talked about doing Three Brothers. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> three They're going like, down in Brothers. I don't know about that one. Uh, and Max Payne, you got? Are you pretty handy with the gun now? I mean, have you, I got a lot of experience with the gun. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have a felony conviction, so I'm not allowed to carry one legally. That's okay. right. Yeah. But um, having my uh, my fiance train right now. Really? This is gonna be your bodyguard. By. Yeah. Well, I Chris, mean, I, I'd read that uh, one of your uh, proudest moments, uh, maybe it was a quote from you, said uh, that was appearing in the movie Crash. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah. and that's a great movie. You know, Oscar yeah. winner, obviously for, uh, yeah, for best I mean, film. That had to have been huge. Yeah, for it to be the second movie I was in to win an Oscar, of course, you know that's <laughs> unbelievable. And, yeah. and you're just a you're a film fan, right? I mean, you love Absolutely. movies. Definitely love movies, man. Been a fan of, of Mark for a long time, and finally got a chance to work with him in this movie. I, like I said, I, I was just happy to pull a gun on Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you're the police. You're the uh, police captain, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I play internal affairs agent. Jim Bravura, so this is my first time playing on that side of the law. <laughs> Chris, there's, there's a lot of crossover of hip-hop into acting. Yeah. It seems like there's a fairly easy segue that hip-hop artists get into that. Why is that? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, we're in front of the camera so much, I think half the battle is being comfortable in front of the camera while some million people, you know, staring you dead in your face while you're trying to do your craft. Mm -hmm. But as far as when you write music, it is emotion, and then, of course, you, you do videos, and it's almost a form of acting of what you've already wrote on paper. So, you know, it's kind of like it prepares you, and it is a great transition from doing music over to, to movies. And of course, this man comes from the same... You both, yeah. Same but it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's different now, and, and it really depends on the ability of the individual because you know you look at guys like well Mick Jagger Madonna they, a, a lot quite. of people try <laughs> yeah. to do it yeah. with me and you know what little credibility I had with my music and my association with my brother and them I made sure that I didn't try to balance the both both I, I stopped doing no. music completely and just focused on acting and Will, other than Will Smith there was no other real People who had done it successfully. And uh, Chris is just, you know, committed to it. You know, you see him taking on a role like an eternal affairs cop. That's not necessarily mm -hmm. the cool thing to do. But he's been great in so many different roles that he's really been able to balance out both. Hey, well, I, I think, I'm sorry, Case. The, uh, I, I think the thing also is that, and I, I saw it with you in Boogie Nights, you you know, in that role. And then I've, I've mentioned this many times, this, the scene where you're, the mother's just going ape-ass on you and you're freaking out. When you allow yourself to just... Like let it all at that point when I saw that you doing that I said this guy's the real deal. He, I mean you, you could see you were really committed to the to the craft. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, man. and and I mean so and and in subsequent movies, I mean is it is it part? I mean is part of it allowing yourself to um, to be embarrassed, you know, and and to be you know to turn over completely and well, not have any reservations? Well, that movie in particular, because you know the, I had done like Basketball Diaries and Fear, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Those are all edgy characters, so I was you know still cool in the neighborhood, and that that was the first time that I had to be vulnerable, right? And uh, so it was in, and also 
very physically demand, you know, being sexual and all that right, stuff yeah. after the underwear thing. I didn't really <laughs> want to do anything that kind of went in that direction. Right. But meeting with Paul Thomas Anderson and realizing what the because Showgirls had just come out as well. Yeah. So it was like, you know, this could either be really good or really bad. And then I seeing the other talent that was attracted to the project. I oh, finally man. said, mm -hmm. I got to stop worrying about what guys in the neighborhood are going to think. And I got to, if I'm going to be an actor, then I have to commit 110%. And Don, that was the moment. Don Cheadle, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, yeah, you look John at the C. list Riley, of people. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill Macy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Philip Baker Hall. I mean, Julianne Moore. Julianne I mean, Moore, it just, yeah. that is just the most star-studded cast yeah. you could hey. get. So you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> Press, did you, uh, did you know that Ludacris actually started off in radio? And, no. Uh, yeah, he was in Atlanta. Hotlanta. Yeah. What, uh, what was your on-air name? Guy's yeah. got a voice for Chris Level Love, man. What was that? What was it? Chris Level Love. Chris Level Love. I actually said that the very first song I came out with, Fat Rabbit, I actually said because I used to go by both of the names. I was ludicrous before I was actually that. Because I started off on a morning show just like this. And, of course, and the morning show person was like, I don't know if Ludacris is so appropriate for the morning show. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? We got to come up with a different name. So, I was like, yo, call me whatever you want. Just give me a paycheck so I can, <laughs> so I can get further in life. I'm cool. Do you have any old embarrassing tapes of yourself? As, uh, early Nothing I did was embarrassing, man. I wasn't trying to be anybody but myself. That's that, good. That's not embarrassing. That's you know the hardest saying? thing to do in this job. <laughs> sure. Oh, so, we have tons of embarrassing tapes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I some? They pull it out all the time. This and they, cat really knows how to play guitar watch out for him oh, the man. best tasting little morsels i have ever had in my life <laughs> he's doing that for mark Wahlberg and Ludacris. but on, on your shift you're too uh, critical of yourself that didn't sound bad <laughs> <laughs> see, see? 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 Marky mark gets it yeah uh, but wouldn't you you would just get out and like just you know spit some uh, some lyrics and and uh, and do do some freestyle and nah, i used to what i used to do was that, you know when you go and do the commercials in the in the um production room mm -hmm. i would take that and use it as my personal studio. That's ah. what I used to do. You know, so late at night when nobody was working in there, of course, I had the, the, the facility to myself, and I would just go in there and make my own demo tapes and stuff like that. That's what I used to do. You're fast, man. I, I, I try to keep up with, you know, with, with uh, your lyrics, and I just, I can't. Like, <laughs> there's something special going on between right. your tongue and your lips, and, 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 and I can't. But he's love a lover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't just come by that name. Yeah. Did you guys see the stuff that Intern Gams brought in? From yeah. Oh. Come, no. over, come over to, uh, to Nick's mic. Nick's microphone. This mic won't work. Uh, come, on, come over there to that mic and tell Mark what you've got. Uh, um, I have a couple of pictures of your family from when um, I'm from Dorchester and my parents um, ran the Y that oh, your yeah. family went to. So I have a couple of pictures uh -oh. of Donnie. That's, and where, <laughs> that's where they'd leave us. <laughs> At the Y? And they'd just oh, leave yeah. you there? All I got day. lost so many times. Point out where he is on there, Gam. That's so. my brother Donnie right there. there you go. Uh, which he's probably like <laughs> six, seven years old, something like yeah, that. In those, that's me. In those photos. Where is you? Where are uh, you? He wasn't. You were too young, right? Hell nah. Oh, that looks just like my nephew. That's crazy. Mark, you're one of nine, right? Son. You were born grown. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> it looks the exact Bob, same. Just is that me or Bob? I can't even tell. You know what's crazy is we have nine kids in our family. There's only one photograph of all of us together. Really? Yeah. And, you know, I have three kids now. And, like the, and the mother of my kids, she's she's like, you know, her whole life is documented. So she's like, there's no pictures of you as a teenager or anything? What happened? I remember one of the times they wouldn't take me to the bathroom. We went on a trip like this. We go to, like, Ponca Pog. We were thinking, like, we were leaving the state or something. Yeah. And I, went, I had to go to the bathroom. They wouldn't take me to the bathroom. And I had to go to the bathroom in my pants. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Mark, Is that always the case? Have you been to any of the uh, reunited New Kids shows? I have not. Do you plan to? 
Uh, I don't have any plans. <laughs> <laughs> He's going taking a walk but, down memory lane. Yeah, but um, yeah. I heard they play. Yeah, they play good vibrations during there. Did they? So right, well, I told. I said, listen, do you guys need money? Call me. <laughs> Come on. You know I'm a generous guy. Oh, well, no, guys... um, I actually I'm gonna try to go to in L.A. Uh, my brother called me and asked me. I hadn't spoken to him in a while. He was very busy, so. Well, these guys only have a couple minutes left, so I wanted to show them the movie poster, oh, Steve. Oh, we, 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 sure? we, we, were we, did, we didn't leave it out because Casey That's said... my sister, Tracy, my brother Jimbo. He's still looking at the pictures. <laughs> but we didn't got want... more pictures of us than we did. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That, that's got to be a little creepy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like paparazzi yeah. all over. I told you, it's like the Jacksons. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael never wants to come back and play with the rest of the brothers. <laughs> Well, this, this poster that we have, Casey didn't want to leave it out for Mark That's my C. Because <laughs> <laughs> he thought we would, he, he thought maybe Mark would perceive that we were kind of making fun of him. But no, it's not. Well, you know the the movie Invincible, obviously. which we love. Yeah. Uh, for some reason or another, Casey was. Uh, where the hell he was trying to wanted to try it for a football or something revolving around football, and, well, and I, I was and a I said he's, he, he's starring in the new movie Remedial yeah. instead of Invincible, and uh, somebody did up this poster, yeah, so King of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> they took your body. Oh. The funniest picture. <laughs> and he's wearing two helmets. Three, three, three helmets. <laughs> That's the funniest picture, though, on the bottom. The one with him running. Case, yeah. 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 <laughs> puts Casey's classic. head on uh, on Mark's body, which that is, is awesome. No, no, That's way, my body, dude. <laughs> and by the way, Vince, uh, we've had Vince in a number of times, Vince Papali, and, and he was saying in that... Uh, he's looking at the pictures, Chris. <laughs> I know he is. But it was funny because he was saying in that scene where, where you guys are trying out for the team and they show you in slow motion moving, Mark, and you were pretty damn jacked up for that. Uh, uh, Vince was saying, I wasn't nearly as in that good of physical shape <laughs> yeah. as Mark was in that particular clip. Yeah, he... Uh but it's amazing what he was able to accomplish, yeah. you know, and and to to kind of you know the city was was so down and out at that time, and to to be able to give them some hope and uh, you know something to cheer for was pretty awesome. Yeah. And now I come to Philadelphia, and uh, the, the the amount of love that I get from the people of Philadelphia, it's it's a lot more than I get when I'm at home in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, usually people yeah. like, hey, you owe me money. I said, I don't pay no old drug debts, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well, you filmed how many movies? Yeah. Well, you were in four. Rofo, yeah. four? Four, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And hopefully I'll do four more. Awesome, man. It's a great place to work. Great to have you back. Awesome. And uh, Chris, if you need to work in Philly, please yeah. come back. We'll get man. you a gig. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. Max Payne, starring Mark Wahlberg and Ludacris. Give me yeah. some love, Dan. Thank you guys very much. we got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Stay where you are. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Steven Singer Jewelers Showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oh, I thought we were going to do some yelling, Sarah. Wednesday! That's better. It's 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. It's uh, Nick McElwain along with Sarah Parker. We're here hosting the best of with Preston and Steve, and uh, those guys are off for a couple more days. They'll be back on Monday morning, but in the meantime, we're going to bring you some of the best clips that we've had over the last few years. 
including one that's really funny, uh, talking about uh, the decline of TV ownership coming up in just a little bit. Um, but the uh, weather for today is going to be pretty nice. Uh, it's a little bit muggy when you leave your house this morning. High of 89, uh, a low of 72 overnight, and some scattered thunderstorms. Definitely muggy, but not oppressively hot just yet. High in 92 tomorrow. And then uh, they're talking about a tropical depression rolling in over the weekend with a lot of rain. So we'll see what that brings on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, man. So enjoy this like semi-normal stickiness while you can. Yes, the typical July stickiness. <laughs> and uh, and now it's uh, time for another look at the NGM Insurance Group, uh, group traffic. Sarah, what's going on on the roads? Thank you, Nick. In New Jersey, the White Horse Pike is closed westbound between South Mill Road and South Sixth Road because of a debris spill. There's construction on the Delaware Memorial Bridge. The right lane is closed going into New Jersey, so use caution there. Other than that, not too much going on just yet. Major highways are looking clear. This traffic report is brought to you by Acme. Summer is better at Acme. Whether you're firing up the grill or stocking up on essentials, Acme has everything you need. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. I saw this story. is out of the New York Times. Uh, Nick sent it over to me, which was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, did you know that for the first time in 20 years, uh, the number of homes <clears throat> in the United States with television sets has dropped? Huh. Oh, wow. It's interesting. Would you think it would have gone up with the advancement of uh, flat screen technology and uh, they've become more inexpensive in the past five years or so? It's uh, it, it might be the pull of um, of of the computer, people with computers uh, getting more of their entertainment online. That's part of it. Uh, and in fact, this was um, Nielsen Company. Uh, they they take the t- uh, TV set ownership into account when they produce their ratings. And uh, they said that uh, they do for for what they call the available audience, right? What, what percentage of uh, of American homes do you think have television sets? What percentage, what percentage? of American oh, homes wow. do I think? All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably pretty substantial. What did seventy five percent? What do you guess? I'm going to say eighty five. Anybody else? I was saying ninety five. Uh, yeah, it's ninety six point seven percent. But that's down from ninety eight point nine. That's almost everybody. I always, I, I always find people that don't watch TV to be weird. Uh, or, all right, that's my opinion. I, it's not <laughs> like it's not saying. a stated fact. But like when somebody tells me that you, they don't watch TV, I'm like, you're a weirdo, dude. It's odd. You automatically yeah. assume they're rapists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Like a, a part of me well, is you, like a you little read bit books. You, you rape people. Part of me is a little bit jealous that they're not a slave to it, like I am. No, I. I understand because sure. I know there's some people who get on the high and mighty uh, thing about hi, we don't even have a television. Well, I need about ten more TVs because yeah. I love it. And normally don't like to judge a book by the cover, but like I, I, I kind of want to just punch those people. Well, square in the face. I know for the, being better than me. Sometimes it's the way that they they <laughs> yeah. do it. I understand if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. I am an unabashed consumer of pop culture, yeah, yeah. and I love it. Right, and and you watch more TV than anybody I know. Steve. Anybody, I'm watching it right now. Um, but um, there there was a period of time when I, I first moved in with my wife that we didn't have cable. We just had a regular TV, and, and I hated you for that. No, uh, no I don't think we even we kidding. didn't know each other at that point. No, but, but your brother didn't have a, my brother didn't yeah. have cable for a while as well, and um, I, I found it um, very liberating because we would, the TV shows that we would watch, like Sopranos and stuff like that, we would just watch on on DVD. And I wouldn't waste my time with a lot of channel surfing. Now, I missed out on stuff, too. Like, I really missed. And now I have all the pay channels and every single cable channel that's available. And I love it. I'll I'll tell you what, though. I've become, like, I used to come home and, and turn on the TV. 
But the TV really doesn't come on in our house until about 6.30 or 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or when I watch, or watch the news. Right. So uh, I, because of the on-demand nature of everything and because of Netflix and Hulu and uh, yeah. Apple TV and Google TV, and, and I have all of these suckers, you can be more strategic about your, your viewing. So I, I don't... The the likelihood of me just sitting there vegging has dropped substantially. But I love movies so much, and oh, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll keep it on any pay channel, really, and just sit there and yep. watch it. I mean, we, yeah. we were joking about Godfather 2 yesterday, but Goodfellas was on over the weekend, and I just get sucked into it, and I'll watch the same stuff over and over again. There isn't a night at home anymore where the TV isn't on. And sometimes I'm just like... I wish I could turn it off, but I'm like you, Casey. I just yeah. sit there and I have it on no matter what. Yeah, I watched Dumb and Dumber probably for the you know ten thousandth time over the weekend. It, it, it was because it was on and it was in like the very beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, this is perfect, right. and I probably should have gone to bed. Right, but like yeah. I'm you know sometimes like my TV viewing calls to you. Uh, it, no, it does. But Steve, sometimes it's Dumb and Dumber's on. It's stunted because I have kids and my wife doesn't want them to be, you know, TV, TV yeah. zombies. Because my, my daughter, she will, I mean, impress. I'm sure you have the same thing where, like, they, they just get this glazed over look. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, hey, Case. It's awesome because you can get stuff done when that happens. <laughs> yeah. but I, Preston, isn't that the cheapest babysitter you can get? Just yeah. sit down there. What's that movie, Parenthood? Ah, just plop them in front of the TV and leave them there for hours. <laughs> it's true, It'll man. Be fine. <laughs> you got to get some stuff done. Or, yeah, or, yeah, it is. It's a crutch. See, I rarely turn the TV on. If there's not something that I want to watch on, like if, if you know, Dancing with, if I know Dancing with the Stars comes on Monday at eight o'clock, I'll turn the TV on at eight to watch that. I won't ever just, not ever, I shouldn't say ever, but I rarely put it on just to have the TV on. Like if I'm in the kitchen cooking something, I don't put the TV on just for noise and yeah, then but, throw on like, you know what I mean? A movie I, or a rerun or something like that. When I was, you know, years ago, I would come home and I would literally, I, I would just spend all the time in front of the TV. My TV is now, as I said, from from about six to 11 Every every night is is the uh, that, that's my team. My wife will because she doesn't have to go to bed as early as I do. She'll go you know later, but yeah, that's that's substantially down from what it used to be. I'm not just TV too. I got the TV and the laptop and the phone on, so I'm like yeah. I'm staring at three different glowing screens at once. I'm like wow, you know. And a commercial comes on, I'm like well, I get a quick game of Angry Birds in. Right. You know, yeah. It's it's pathetic. maybe that's why I don't need the TV because I have the phone. But I find I do watch more and more content online and um, like the uh, Daily Show. You know, you can watch it whenever you want or whatever. So like I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, the, the, one of them is always on. You know, we've uh, we made a rule at the uh, at the dinner table and it's uh, it used to be no tv now it's called no screens that's good oh no screens no I like that. no uh, handheld dsi no okay. no uh, cell phones with uh, games on them how's it working no it's, it's good i mean it, it forces us to sit down and, and yeah. have quality time together there's something to be said like to that. just simply listening to porn instead of watching <laughs> yeah, instead of watching exactly. yeah. no screens just keep the sound yeah, just... <laughs> i didn't say anything about no speakers <laughs> uh, but my uh my friends they will Maybe twice a year. I don't know if it's just once. Maybe maybe a couple of times a year. They will do no TV week. Wow. wow. Which I have thought about doing. I think it would actually be kind of cool. Because on, on occasion, we'll go an entire day without turning the television on. And I must tell you, it is kind of cool. It yeah. is kind of enjoyable to do something else. My dad attempted that one time with us. And I called the police and accused him of molestation. <laughs> <laughs> really? Said, yeah, my daddy touches tried... me in bad places. <laughs> never tried that again, yeah. did he? No, no. Uh, he bought another TV. Uh, but, but it would be difficult in this line of work for me to not watch some of the news and things like that. We have to. You guys talk about how much I I am strategic. I have DVRs going and I will, you know, so I can can catch things. You see, you seem to catch every show. I can catch, 
I can cliff notes a lot of shows. We do have to know about what's what's going on. But uh, you know, there's some people you know who are just uh, just opposed to TV in general. Yeah. And there's a lot of good programming and a lot of stuff that is in- informational that you can enjoy. Yeah, there. absolutely. It's I, not the vast wasteland that people depict it as being. We had a, a rule growing up for a while that it was only eight hours of TV a week, and um, <laughs> we had to. I know. And I, I would. I would have blown my brain. Well, and, and now there are you know easily there are many weekend days where I'm just uh, I'm tired or hungover or whatever, and right. I'll do eight hours in a shot. Um, but we would have to keep a journal of every program that we watched, and my no dad, way. my dad would check it, and it was yeah. If you went over eight hours a week, you started getting like penalized. He had a whole elaborate system set up. That's just too much work. That's <laughs> yeah. Really, you had to keep a log eight hours of TV a week, and that was that was hey, the limit. Nick, that was the you, rule. You've seen that they they uh, you'll see them. Uh, they'll <laughs> pop up like on Oprah and stuff like that. The TV that's powered by a uh, an exercise bicycle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we we had rules in the idea. house yeah. too. Too, Stephen, you'll appreciate this one. One of them um, for a while we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but the other rule well, that we weren't I think, either. Yeah, because it was I don't know it, it wasn't good for kids or whatever. But oh. the other rule that I think you'll like, Steve, was that um, we weren't allowed to watch any TV programs that had Tony Danza in them. <laughs> what? Wow. Now I can back what the hell that hell about? My dad hated Tony Danza so much. Oh he, he's like, we, no, who's the boss? No taxi. Christ. No, t- no Tony Danza. Well, we had. We had uh, neighbors growing up who wouldn't let their kids watch Hogan's Heroes because they were uh, making fun of Germans. It's like, what? is the fact that they're Nazis okay? Right. Can you make fun of Nazis? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, we had similar. We didn't have to keep a log, but uh, the TV could go on, uh, couldn't go on until a certain hour, and then it had to go off at a certain hour. As and all well. your homework had to be done. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. no, I did. I did my homework to TV. Not That's a, why half oh, my oh, math we, answers were Mike Douglas. <laughs> we were never allowed. Second, to do the that. kids get home from school, the TV goes off till homework's done. Mm-hmm. You got to get it done now. That's that's yeah, the way. That's that's, that's my rule. Uh, let me go to Lisa. Lisa. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, please? <laughs> I do not have a TV. <laughs> how, long have you, how long have you gone without a television? Um, about two years. Two years. Now, mind yeah. you, we, we completely agree and support your decision to have a radio. Now, that's I'm not awesome. a weirdo. No, I'm no. A weirdo. <laughs> All right, why, why no TV then? Um, I, I think it's more of the slave thing. I, it, it allows time for me to be more creative and uh, active. Lisa- I, I, do watch, I do watch Hulu, though. I watch a lot of shows, movies. Online. So you're using you're using the online component, and I, as you said, with I Hulu do. and other things, you can you can see what you want to see. I have to I say, I, you know, as I've shifted away, I, I I find that the things that I'm doing instead of watching TV are, are very enjoyable. You know, you you, you feel your your day's a lot more full. But when when there's something on, you know, do you have other appointment television shows that you have, Preston? No, not anymore. I don't, I don't think there's any show that I hear you talking no. about. You have to see. I, I lost was it, and then after that, I'm like, man, I can't devote anymore. To, I can't hmm. stick with it that hard. Uh, with I'm me, no, it's Jerseylicious. No, I'm a uh, I'm a it's movie I'm a movie watcher. Uh, that that is it. I, yeah. I I like the I like the no commercial interruption. Um, and and I will watch a movie. I have watched Sherlock Holmes. I don't know how many times. <laughs> Which right. makes me so there's bad. there's like a hand. Handful of, of movies that will run on cable that I will watch over and over and over just because I I like them so much, um, and and I just I, I dig movies. That's the first thing I go to. My wife she searches the reality shows first to see what's on that she might want to watch. I go immediately to the three hundreds on, on my Xfinity. And I, I scan through them, and if there's nothing there, I start at channel 149. That's another rack. Yeah, movie. starts with the encores. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm the same exact yeah, way. Because I'll go 300 those. down to the, and then I'll get to, like, uh, you know, Hit List, yeah. which is the music channels. Right. I'm like, all right, let's yep, go stop. to 149. Yeah. If it's purple, I uh-huh. look at it. You know, <laughs> yeah. if, it's, if it's green or blue, I don't even look at it. Yeah, so. I've been watching Judge Dredd lately. 
Judge I, Dredd. I yeah, enjoy I Judge Dredd. Let me tell you, this is kind of cool with it. With, I am the law. I am the law. I am the law. I was the law for about a half an hour, and then it became the law not, and then it was the law one more time again. Uh, there, Preston, and just enough to go off on a on a, uh, a geeky jag here, yeah. but uh, th- that's the one thing that I really enjoy about the the Google TV um, element is that you'll hit what's on, and it has it categorized by um, you know horror, reality, yes. all the different things. So, at, and then if you click on that, like if you're looking for a movie and you want a science fiction movie or whatever, it'll show you every science fiction movie that is on or about to start. Oh, and, and, and so or, oh. or still has time left in it. Okay, and it's a very and you you find you can be a lot more surgical. You can find Judge Dredd whenever you want it. <laughs> well, yeah, and it speaks to the fact that and we've talked about this before, but uh, our kids um, will never know that something is not on. Right, you can always search. Find, yeah, it's it's always there somewhere. Last I used night, I yeah. used to be able to. I used to, and I kid you not. I this is before cable. I could recite the entire broadcast TV schedule yeah. from beginning to end, every day, every the whole damn deal. We have to lie. We we t- we, we go to Wegmans and because they have a little place where kids can eat, and uh, Dora is often on there, or they'll have you know whatever. Nick, yeah. Nick Junior. Um, we have lied to my son, saying that the only place Dora airs is at Wegmans, <laughs> so that he doesn't get sucked into watching it at home all at the home. time. No, you have to lie. Build, really? a, build a strong foundation of lying. It works so far, really? man. Like you know, four and a half, a right. couple more months. When he's, he'll figure when it out. he's eighteen, <laughs> yeah. When he's eighteen, he'll figure it. Out. Well, they, you had mentioned, see, there there are two main reasons that ownership of television sets is, has gone down in the United States. Number one is poverty; just some right. people can't afford it, and the economy's been bad. Number it's two, it's hard to build your own TV, and, and it's really tough yeah. to do that. But no, the other side is that people are using the internet and laptops to watch shows on on that and through that medium, and for that reason, Nielsen is starting to they, they want to redefine the term television household. Hmm. Okay, they want to include that somehow or another, and that's going to be yeah. an overhaul on the system and how they. It'll have to it. be. How do? How will they determine? I mean, they're going to have to be able to determine what is the on-demand model, mm-hmm. watching when you want. That's why our podcasts are so popular mm-hmm. for people who can't catch them in the in the, in the morning sure. yeah. while we're doing it live. Our podcast numbers are huge because people use it that way. Nielsen will have to adjust the same way. Our friend uh, Jim Sutcliffe didn't actually own a television for a while, right? He works yeah. for for Live Nation, the concert promoter in town. And I, like, if you say you don't watch TV and you don't have a TV in the house, you really don't watch. You're television. hardcore, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And and that to me is uh, weird, like you were saying, Casey. But I mean, I guess some people still do that. Yeah. Let me go to Doug. Hey, Doug, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Thanks. I am the complete opposite. I have uh, about nine TVs in my house. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I have a two-bedroom, have one. I have a 50-inch plasma in my living room. In my basement bar, I have five TVs. Uh, I have a 50-inch plasma and four 27-inch TVs. My my guess is, Doug, are you a sports fanatic? Uh, I bought my house like that. Um, Okay. Our our realtor took us in, took us to the basement first, and at that point, I was sold. (laughs) You You saw the TVs, and that's to close the deal. You know what? I just... Uh, I've actually emailed Casey. I have poker tournaments every once in a while to come play at a poker tournament. All right, where do you live? I'm coming over. I'll I'll email you next time. All right, thanks, man. You know what? I just did a mental check. I have nine TVs as well. Do Do you really? Mm -hmm. Wow. One in the basement, one in the kitchen, one in the living room, one in our kind of game room area. I have one in my bedroom, the master bedroom, uh, one in this area that we call the lounge. Which we have is one where the, the hookers go. The bathroom. Yeah, we have nine of them. Oh, wow. I have, all right, let me, let me go through mine. Because you probably have more than I do. I have the 
the bedroom, the guest room, the living room, the kitchen, the basement. So that's five. And then I I, I walk around with the iPad uh, and I t- tie into a TV through that as well. So, but I have actual technical TVs. Need one in the bathroom. You know, I really like the bathroom TV. Yep. We have a small flat screen. Yeah. And I have a theater troupe come in. You have a theater troupe yeah, yeah. come in. Do a little this morning was death you? of a salesman. Wow. Yeah. You know what I do need for my bathroom TV though is I just need like a little cable box because when they did the uh, digital conversion, yeah. I only get like three six nine and Fox or Me whatever too. Or three six nine. Is there a special? Nine is this. Radio Free Berlin. <laughs> is there a special TV for the bathroom? Like what happens with the yeah. the steam and stuff like that from the shower? Uh, yeah, so no, they have, they have special uh, so bathroom TVs, but I, I don't think Casey, the TV you have in your bathroom, is not a a bathroom design. No, TV. but my my shower is also totally enclosed, so the steam doesn't escape. What about yeah, yours, Chris? It, it doesn't bother mine. It doesn't, Mm-mm. and it's a regular TV. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. regular flat screen TV, a small one. Maybe what you need, Kathy, is a uh, slide projector. <laughs> I'm gonna go no. to Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie, how you doing? Hello. Hello. What's up, Bonnie? housework to do or kids to watch i i mean i work full-time and have kids just like most of you and i, I do not have the time to sit down and watch tv i dvr a couple Bonnie, of things that i do you, watch do you, on saturday what? so you so you never ever ever watch one second of tv no no i dvr and i'll do it like saturday morning when i'm folding laundry you're, you're or still watching t- right but you're still I, I watching tv little, i watch a little bit of it, but i don't have, do you guys watch it every night well how old yes. are your kids uh 10 and 11 yeah see my, my kids are you know three one and and uh right. how old? No. so they're in bed early i mean they're in bed at like 7 seven thirty. so yeah i have hours to kill what am i gonna do talk to my wife casey all you have to do is clean and do laundry that's all i have to <laughs> do and you won't have to, why why be entertained i was watching the uh, flyers game last night and folding laundry you know i mean like yeah I, the I, reason I, that yeah. i have a uh a tv in the kitchen is so i can do dishes and watch tv absolutely at the same time. I can't stay awake to watch TV. You know, yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, you know, I for me, it's the the best way to while away the hours and then wait for my eventual death. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let me see here. I'm gonna go to Devin. Hey, Devin, how you doing? Hi, is this Devin? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead, Devin. Um, so I'm 24, and um, when I was younger, I used to be really into TV, like like the way you were saying that glazed over look. Yeah. And when I moved out of home, I got rid of my TV and I got a record player instead. You got a record player? Is that all? That's your one source of entertainment right now—an actual record player. So I have a record player, and then I have my laptop that I watch DVDs on. I don't watch like Hulu or anything like that. And then if I want to catch sports, I just go out to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I see the, the the point to be made, Nick, as you say, if someone has no TVs uh, and someone doesn't just watching it on demand or watching it uh, by, you know, fitting into your schedule doesn't mean you're not watching TV. Right. But Devin would qualify as a non-television household. Yes. Per yeah. the per definition Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. of Nielsen. So that's that's what they're saying. That's why ownership of uh, of televisions is, is on the decline. First yeah. time in 20 years. And... Uh, you know that's got some concern in the industry. And, sure, and, yeah. And what are, What are they going to do as far as what am I going to do? What are you gonna, What are you going to do? Right, do the kids in your house have them in the bedrooms, Preston? I mean, no. Okay, yeah. That's and, not going to happen. Um, not until they're, I don't know, next high year. School. Yeah, we, we <laughs> maybe we, high school. We purposely we had our house built 
and we requested that there not be cable outlets in the oh, kids' wow. rooms. Or windows. We, we did that on purpose. <laughs> or uh, phone jacks, either. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't matter because landlines Cell are going phone, out yeah. anyway. Um, but, uh, but we, yeah, we, we made it a point to not have cable in certain rooms. Isn't the there entertainment, though, listening to you and Rochelle have sex over the intercom? <laughs> that's that's yeah. available all the time. That's in-home entertainment. That's in-home entertainment. <laughs> we didn't have TVs in our bedrooms either in, in high school. I didn't have a TV in my bedroom until I, I went away to college, and then I moved back in with my parents before I got married, and I brought obviously brought my TV from college. But all growing up, we weren't allowed to have TVs in we, our room either. We had to be. I think it's... I, I, the only reason we had a TV is because my older brother bought one and left it in the room and he vacated yeah. it. Yeah. So it was a black and white TV. And uh, I had rigged, I, t- I think I told you this, I I, I, tied, tight, I was so lazy, I tightened a wrench to the on-off switch. That's right. <laughs> and maybe my brother and I yeah. in the room, and I'd have the rope on one side to pull it to turn it on, and I'd throw the rope over to his side and he'd shut it off. Yeah, we lost the knob on the uh, black and white in, uh, in our kitchen growing up. We, we had to use a needle-nose pliers <laughs> to uh, pliers. Ch- change the channels. Wow. Steve, what was the first like big, nice, fancy TV that you got? It was an Admiral, uh, an Admiral 25-inch color television. It weighed 43 million pounds. <laughs> Uh, it, it was it was like a nuclear reactor. It, it, you know, it started to melt into the floor. <laughs> the amount of radiation we'd actually have to put on sunblock to sit there and watch it because this thing was so heavy. And when you clicked it on, it sounded like the reactor right. in the Nimitz. You know, uh-huh. the aircraft carrier. <laughs> uh, you know what? We, this With is, a quartz tuner. This television was not as old as that, obviously, but it was at the very end. Of the life of the of the tube TVs, right as as uh, uh, plasmas and so forth were starting to become more readily available, and I had the the Sony Trinitron. Steve. Oh yeah, oh, thirty beautiful set, thirty six inch, and and that doesn't That's sound huge. like much con- t- compared to yeah. your fifty, sixty, seventy inch uh, screens now. But it was like having a boulder in your living room. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just gigantic and hundreds of pounds. Yeah, yeah. Ours Tyson is 27 inches, yeah. people to move it. And uh, with, the tri- with the Trinitrons? We called in like 1-800-JUNK, got junk or whatever, to get rid of the damn thing because I couldn't do anything with it. It did weigh many hundreds of yeah. pounds. Yeah. And there was no point on the set to put your handle and no, in no good nothing point. yeah whenever you move the set your thighs would bleed for years <laughs> afterwards yeah. because the points would dig and it was horrible yeah and it was by the way though the set to have yeah it was a the great Trinitron, yeah. tv had picture in picture which yeah. you don't even see anymore but yeah and then you know what sony came out with the vega um which was i mean i had one of those what, yeah. ten, 10 years ago 2000 you know this is like maybe more right yeah, 10, 15, on, on the cusp ago. of the of the flat screen TVs and i remember uh, you know people when we were working at Y100 they got the the Sony Vega and um you know we're just just bragging about it and you right, know yeah, and, and yeah, thought yeah. it was like you know and then next thing you know the flat screens came out dude they got that new TV that i really want now that what doesn't is it? oh they don't have like any edges on it yes Did yeah, you yeah, see yeah, that yeah, it's very nice oh it's yeah, so yeah. awesome by the way i had one one of my first uh big purchases that i made when i got a full time job and started making some decent money uh, I bought a rear projection uh, screen uh, TV with the old red, blue, and green. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and and it was massive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the size of a bookcase. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was probably a fifty-inch screen or something like that. But I mean, the thing ate up <laughs> half the living room. <laughs> sure, it yeah. was just gigantic. I eventually got rid of it. I sold it, and and it was before the you know the flat screens because those are forget about it. You 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 would laugh at one looking right. at it now by how large the the housing of it was. <laughs> it's, it is I insane. Mean, it and, is insane. And in fact, you I had to 
when moving to the Philadelphia area, I had it with me. I had to consider that when I was picking what apartment I was going to live in, <laughs> into whether or not it would fit. <laughs> yeah. It threw the door up the stairs sure, yeah, in yeah. an area, oh, yeah. and at one point it almost got stuck Dude, where we like were. Putting it in the backseat of the car, you had to figure out if you had Oh, there's no way. No way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, impossible to be in a car or a truck. When my set came now that I have in my house, it's it's the, uh, the it's a 60-inch in, in the living room. You know, a, a truck that they use to, to move submarines pulled up in front of the... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if even, like, our interns, it's become so dated now, would even... You would look at a, at a rear projection screen TV and, and say that you guys actually used to watch that thing? <laughs> Mine is, is the different, is the newer generation from a, a couple of years ago. It's HD uh, rear projection. It's not like the one that you had, which had no, a huge no. console. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it weighs, like... 500 pounds less than what those things weigh. I'm going to go to, let me see here. I got Deb on the line. Hi, Deb. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's going on, Deb? I have an 18-year-old who is obsessed with TV. Mm-hmm. So I just want to warn you, don't let your kids get So how, how obsessed? What What is, a, is it a boy or girl? A girl. Uh, and what does she want? I bet she's a reality show junkie, right? Well, watches some reality but she she really she likes like all those teen nick shows those older shows oh yeah the, but that's, he, and, and you watch those stuff. preston yeah i do but she <laughs> oh, likes man. one tree hill and you know all that stuff and, and she just like everything she talks about revolves around television television yeah. uh programs and television characters and deb i don't mean to be insensitive but is she fat uh, no. is, she, is she overweight? Because if if well, you're if you're living in front of the TV screen and not moving at all, and it's impacting your health, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you you've got to get out and and put and a move treadmill in front of the TV or something. She she is overweight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You got to make sure that then she. You're uh, right. Yeah. She she's got to get away from that a little bit. Then hold hold put the remote on the end of a fishing pole <laughs> and hold it on the end, in front of a treadmill. No, but she's uh, <laughs> but she's 18 and she's going to do what she wants to now. I mean, right? Well, yes, but she still lives at our house, and we can we control it. But then you got to do something know. about it, Deb. What What do you think but you're going to do? Eight, she's 18. I, well, I she's know, still she she's living at home. The, she lives yeah. at the house. Yeah, you got to get you got to get rid of your TVs if it's impacting her that badly, Deb. Well, I, I know, but I'm not as obsessed with it. You want you, you know what? Her, but you know, this that, week this I week have her have her spend the weekend with me, and we'll uh, we'll have a. We'll have a at least get her on some good shows, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll help her. Good luck. I'll, I'll pick some good shows. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, my, if a kid's sitting there becoming a gelatinous mess, you yeah. can't. Yeah, that's a problem. But and then again, be, they're going to be very resistant to you. Oh yeah, getting rid of TV. Oh man, when I have to turn the TV off and, and press it, I think you've talked about it before. Like turning on a channel when the TV show starts. When yeah. you have kids, you're like, oh, it's like the worst thing ever because they they oh. have to finish everything that they. Oh watch. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have dove for the remote <laughs> when a the, the the intro song to the backyard again yeah. for my daughter is about to start. If you if you let it get two seconds in, it's too late. That's what I did last night. Or you've was, got it, or you've got a, a a tantrum to deal with. It was about seven twenty eight, seven twenty nine, and I was I dove for the power button. I was like, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I turned the TV off. Backyard I'm like, <laughs> again. Yeah, let's go. 
Yeah, exactly. Upstairs, brush your teeth, go to bed. I got TV to watch. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good Lord. Come daddy time. Hypocritical. <laughs> got some of those Emmanuel movies on DVD. Well, anyhow, for the first time in 20 years, ownerships of, uh, ownership of television sets has fallen in the United States, and they think that it's a trend that's going to continue mm. uh, for two reasons, because of the economy, because of poverty, uh, and also because of uh, the availability on your computer. Now. You know it's cheaper to own and uh, provides you equal entertainment? What's that? Radios. Yep, uh-huh. exactly. Lots cheaper. Yeah. All right, anyhow, I want to take a break, so stay where you are. Back in the olden days, about five years ago, your only options to keep listening to WMMR when you got home would be to drive your car into your living room or turn on something called a radio. But now, through modern technology, the smart speaker that's secretly collecting data on you... What did you say? ...can also stream WMMR. Just tell Alexa or Google to open MMR, and magically we'll come streaming into your home. Plus, it may help distract your device from becoming self-aware. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. It's uh, Nick McElwain and with Sarah Parker, and we're hosting The Best Of with Preston and Steve. How you doing, Sarah? Doing well on a Wednesday morning, and I'm really excited to hear this next segment because I was in studio when it happened back in 2011. Were you an intern? I was. How about that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Those were the days. Back in the day, you were a babe. I was. Working really hard for you guys, by the way. Of course, yeah. It's a great way to cut your teeth in the radio business is uh, to be an intern on the Preston and Steve Show. Valuable experience. Uh, so we're going to play this interview with Seamus coming up from uh, the WWE. And, and we are just talking about off-air how impressive the WWE interviews always are. I always go in with no expectations. I don't know why. It's probably a, a fault of mine. And they always prove me wrong. They always uh, prove to be entertaining and uh, great storytellers. And they are just at the top of their game, like you said, professionally. Physically, mentally, they're they're amazing people. It's so charismatic both in and out of the ring. So you're going to have a lot of fun revisiting this one. So it is a muggy Wednesday morning, a high of 89 today, and uh, but a nice day and, and not too oppressively hot out. Uh, it is Nick and Sarah, and we are doing the best of Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve will be back live uh, Monday morning. But in the meantime, we're here to keep you company on your drive-in on a Wednesday morning. And Sarah, you have a look at the traffic. What's going on the roads? The oh. NJM Insurance Group traffic. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Schuylkill is slow eastbound from Broad Street to Front Street and also westbound between University Avenue and South Street. 95 South is slow from Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street. There is construction there and the roadway is reduced to three lanes. And in New Jersey, 55 North is heavy debt for to 42. This traffic report is brought to you by Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. Not sleeping well, Mattress Warehouse can help. Their Clean Shop Promise includes extensive sanitation, disposable covers, and private appointments. Don't miss their grand reopening sale and one-year price guarantee. Visit sleephappens.com. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Do I have some appropriate music? <laughs> That's a lot. I guess so. Right? Like he's shaking his head. Stop with the Irish music. <laughs> Give me something ballsy. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Dude, he just... No. You're pissing him off. You're pissing him off, Casey. All right, fine. <laughs> oh, there we go. Boy, nice and relaxing. Perfect. All right. <laughs> now, please welcome from the WWE, the Irish curse, Seamus. Yeah! Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What, a, what an introduction. Yeah. An hour and a half in traffic for an introduction like that. I, it, was, it was well worth the wait sitting in the back of the car to come over for that. That's our introduction. I, I actually thought it was a big joke with the love boat thing because I thought it was because we, got, we went around in uh, spandex half naked. And, uh, <laughs> and many of the cast was... members of the love boat did as well. Yeah, probably, yeah. I'll uh, tell you what. Some of the nicest guys we've ever had in the studio are wrestlers. Yeah. Clearly. Yep. Yeah, without you know, a you doubt. Know, you know what that is? It's because... Um, we uh, take 
all their aggression and frustration out in the ring. So literally, when we get out of there, we're just all chilled out, relaxed, <laughs> and just, you know, as calm as can be. So I'll tell you what, though. You're also, <clears throat> you get whatever it is, whatever the process is, you guys understand show business and, and being fan-friendly better than anyone. I mean, you, you know, the, the interaction with the people who help support the career is amazing. And you, I don't, I've never met any one of you guys who is... Who doesn't dig just shaking hands and, and, and meeting the people? Is you know is is that? Do you find that across the the group as well? Yeah, absolutely. The thing about it is, as far as I'm concerned, we've got the best fans in the world, and um, you know you, you can't really forget where you come from. I mean, I, I've been a I've been a big fan ever since I was I can remember seven years old, eight years old, wrecking my grandmother's head by uh, <laughs> she wanted to watch Murder She Wrote or whatever, or something <laughs> up like that, and I'd be changing the channel every two set, whichever back turned for a second, but um. No, you know what? We'd be nothing without the fans, the people who come see the shows. We realise that, and uh, you know, they're, they're they're what make the shows. They they're very passionate, especially here in Philadelphia. They're they're probably the most passionate, one of the most passionate fans across the whole globe. I mean, you walk out there, that their voices are loud. They they take time to make their own signs. You know, yeah. whether it's calling me a human jar of mayonnaise or <laughs> yeah. sticking my head on Casper's body, or you know, it's uh, they're great. You know, and um, you know, they're what make the shows too. They're they're. Their voices, they're cheering who they like and booing who they don't like. And, you know, without the fans, we, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. And Seamus knows Philly. You, yeah. you lived in uh, in Jersey for a little while when you were an up-and-comer, right? Yeah, I came over here in 2002 to follow my dream, to, to, to get into WWE. It didn't work out well, but I stayed over in uh, by Gloucester City. There was a the Monster Factory school uh, across the bridge, and I, I'd frequently come... Uh, to Philly, uh, probably too many times to find a good uh, watering hole, like a good, good bar, you know. But um, I had a great time here for the three months. It was brilliant. Where but, would uh, you go? Um, I think it was the uh, the Plow and the Stars. Was a yeah. couple other bars. Second I wouldn't even street. remember because it was... No McGillan's you know, Old Alehouse or anything like that? You know, I probably ended up in there <laughs> at some stage. I just wouldn't remember the name. It's like, but, I think... Fado and yeah. probably went to Fado, all Fado, yeah. I was definitely in Fado, yeah. yeah. But McGillan's is like, I think might, it might be the oldest bar in the country. And the only reason they, they can get away with saying that is I think that they uh, were kind of a speakeasy during the Prohibition as well. So I didn't know that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, learning something every new, uh, something new every, every every day. Um, but no, as I said, it's actually this, this big. Uh, this is a big city for me too because I actually came to see my first uh, live WWE show. In it the, was uh, here, Wells Fargo Arena, yeah, uh, oh. which was then I think the Comcast maybe or whatever. I changed names, yeah. yeah. first Union uh, Center, one Yeah, so uh, that's where I first saw my first show, and I was you know that was my desire to become a WWE superstar, and then obviously. Won King of the Ring here last November, I think it was as How well. Awesome, yeah. And I had my first dark match before I came on the road in the same arena. So Philly's <laughs> a big place for me. It's half the place is Irish as well. It's a great spot yeah. to go. And this uh, Tuesday, SmackDown's going to tear it up. Big uh, Christian versus Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship in a street fight. And of course, I'll be there. Great Cali, Mark Henry, the World's Strongest Man, Ezekiel Jackson. That could go on here forever, fella. It's just going to be a great show. It's a huge event. It's always huge. Tickets are available uh, f- for the event and. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll fill up that place just fine. Uh, I was reading a bit about you. You you were, um, and they made reference to, to the fact that you were inspired by Amer- this this American wrestling and and British wrestling. Is there a distinct difference between the two? Uh, the, <laughs> when I started watching the the British wrestling, it was um, it was kind of funny. You know, it was great. Uh, Finley came from there. R- R- William Regal came from there, and a host of others. But um, the lads just looked like they uh, they just spent half the day in the bar, to be honest, and eating fish and chips. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it was not physically fit. Yeah, oh, the, the ridiculous. Yeah, and, um, and then of course when WWE came out, well, came off to Ireland, and England, it was just a completely different package. Like larger life superstars, a lot of glitz and glamour. 
And uh, I was just mesmerized by straight away. Were you bodybuilding when you got into wrestling, or is that something that you did in conjunction with? Um, I actually started. I started going to the gym. My dad used to do, uh, do a lot of training. He did. A, he was like amateur bodybuilder. So I started training. I was about seventeen or eighteen. Okay. So I, uh, I just like I wouldn't have dreamed of becoming like thrown on a pair of tights if uh, <laughs> I had overhangs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have any time. You gotta have some respect. That, make that, right? that, uh, less easy on the eye, you know? Right. Right. Seamus, how how can a wrestler come up with a signature move? I mean, there's yeah. only so much you can do. You know? I mean, there's a lot of. And some of it's crazy. I mean, you can get seriously hurt just trying to pull something off, uh, you know, just practicing it, much less uh, throwing it in, in the middle of a live match. But, uh, I mean, do you, do you spend time trying to figure out this is going to be my move, you know, and then you work on it? Um, you do, you can't, When I first started, yeah, I mean, you just got to learn how to take the falls and take the, you know, make sure you, you protect your opponent as well as what you're doing. I mean, I am, um, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, I always tell people, don't try this at home. What we do is very, you know, it takes a lot of time and sure. training. And, you know, that's why I tell kids and everything, make sure that they leave all the action to us and all the falls to us. But a lot of my moves, I just actually fell across, you know. Like when you're not expecting, so you do something in the ring, it'll happen. You know, oh, that, that, that worked really well, you know. Like you, the hear, you hear the crowd go? You hear the crowd go nuts and then you yeah, say, okay. You go, okay, that works. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Keep that. They're actually pretty tan and uh, you're not. <laughs> um, uh, have you ever tried? Like when you, were, when you were coming out through the ranks, did you think, all right, I got to have a certain look. I got to go a certain way. Maybe I'll go to the beach and get real tan this weekend. It, it, what happens when you do that? Well, in Ireland, uh, we have beaches. Just don't have any sun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's just like sand with just rain. And it's just, I mean, this, uh, what I did actually, I did actually try and go that route. I actually, um, I started off when I first started, I used to fake tanner. Yeah. Um, I kind of had a you know, fake tan smell going around yeah. the whole time. It's horrible. It's brutal. And um, <laughs> brutal. And then obviously I shaved my head as well and I shaved all my hair off. And I just tried to be like everybody else. And I just realized, I'm, what am I doing? You right. stand yeah. out. Exactly. And I just, when they just stopped tanning, let me hair grow out, spike it up. Oh, like, yeah. I have to I'm imagine, s- though, with, with fake tan, which tends to make you orange anyway, <laughs> oh, dude, you must have looked like a road cone. I look like a giant carrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? You are unique. Uh, you know, there's never been a character like you in, in wrestling, as far as I know. Uh, but, you know, going back to it, something you said uh, just a couple of minutes ago, talking about don't try this at home. I remember doing a pile driver on my friend, and I almost... Um, paralyzed the kid. Yeah, my friend Mike. Uh, growing up, I just I I in and back then there was still the 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 WWF at the time. They still let everybody sort of believe that maybe it was real. And and at this point, you guys are. You make no bones about it. This is a purely entertainment, and but and, the injuries but yeah. are real. You'll get your ass kicked oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. I mean, when did that change? When when did that whole? All right, we're going to stop pretending like this is a real. Well, the thing about real and um, like everything that happens in there is real. The oh, bumps you yeah. take. No, I'm not saying you're not saying that, but I, I just want like the you know the falls we take when we hit someone. I mean. Uh, I, I guess everyone. No, when everyone sees my name on the sheet by there, it's they're, they're not very happy because I, I hit as hard as I can, no matter <laughs> what. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, you know, as long as you don't break, you know, try not to break anyone's nose, but I definitely want to punish who I'm in there with. But I think, uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, when it went to transition to entertainment, I obviously was still at home. I was still a fan watching at home. I think it was like you know, just the uh, maybe early ni- mid nineties or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's made it. I mean, where we've come from from then, like. Uh, you know the athleticism like you got people like Evan Bourne John Morrison 
you know, um, Rey Mysterio, you know, all these guys who can, like Daniel Bryan, for example, who just, you know, takes these crazy uh, uh, dives up through the ropes, over the top rope. It's insane. Yeah, I just the athleticism is just beyond belief. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we just, I think we've we've progressed and evolved so much that, you know, our athletes are the best in the world. And uh, you'll get to see that this uh, tomorrow night in the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, Seamus, let me ask you, if you're, <clears throat> you're with an opponent and uh, l- let's say something goes wrong, you know, you're saying you hit as hard as you can. Oh, man, I really hurt him that time. And you know it, and, and he knows it, but he's still trying to keep going. Do you guys, you try to wrap it up more quickly or? Uh, no, no, no. I just, I, I, you know, I hit him as hard as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried about All right, it. I, I, I always say I didn't come to WWE to make friends. I just came here to uh, to be successful. So uh, if, uh, I might, if I don't get a Christmas card off the fella, then uh, I won't be, I won't be you too worried. You <laughs> see, you're, you're not looking for a pen pal. No, uh, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of them back home, and they're all ringing me for a loan of money. I've wow. been up close to the ring for a SmackDown, and I can tell you, man, it, it, you guys when, are, they, when they hit the mat, they are beating you're the talking piss about out of each a, other. a lot of weight. Oh, did you? Coming down hard. Man. Oh, yeah. Did you see SmackDown on uh, Friday? No, he did not get a chance to see it. Me and Wade Barrett took out. Wade, Wade's an Englishman, of course. I'm an Irishman. There's a lot of history there oh, between yeah. the two countries. So. Not too good. Uh, we, 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 we beat each other black and blue, man. It was <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got the last laugh. I kicked him in the head. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, the crowd went wild, too, you know? But uh, no one uh, likes an Englishman, of course. Uh, <laughs> Preston had yeah, brought up. I was in Ireland. <laughs> I was in Ireland. I sat at the bar at the hotel we were staying oh, at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I ordered a drink, and the guy goes, what's your name? I said, it's Preston. He goes, it's an English name. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm American, all right? Don't kill me over that. I was just like... Yeah. It's a, it's a big rivalry. I think there's, isn't there a big rivalry here in New York and Philly and stuff like that? Or, yeah. I'm trying to think of the big rivalries, you know, from different yeah. states. Yeah. But no, nah, this, this goes back hundreds of years. So yeah. There's great. no getting around that. Is it, is it more like, uh, it, I know it can get ugly, but is it more like, eh, uh, you know, like us in New York, it just kind of rib them a little bit or? I know it gets really, it gets some heated. We, we wow. nearly get the fist fights, the two of us, because, um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of animosity there between us, wow. especially when we're playing each other in rugby or uh, yeah. or yeah. football. You know, my money's on you. Thanks. Well, there you go. I, I planted them there last uh, last Friday, so well, who, um, we got one over on the English. Yeah. Whose fans are rougher? Because the English hooligan fans have a seriously terrible reputation of yeah. uh, you know smashing bottles and going the whole nine. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, a lot of that's just they're just actors, man. They're just trying to keep their uh, they've gone all soft over the years, just trying to keep their hair persona. Does those bottles they smash are those ones they use in the Hollywood movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Did you ever hear the We're English mob? Tougher. The Irish are a lot tougher than the English. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever hear the English mob? Exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? You watch any of those uh, parts of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. Never see, never see the English fleet and all. It's about as hard as uh, butter left in the sun for two days. <laughs> I like that. I awesome. like the embracing of all the Celtic stuff, too. It's, yeah. just, it's just so cool. It's cool. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, there's just such a... Such, and he did, but you did research on it. You weren't. You didn't do it a half-assed way. You you, you, you checked back into, the, into some of the history for your persona. And, and uh, do, are you... Um, are you are you a bit of an expert on um well i am um, on, the, on the the symbols and the uh well, I'm very proud of my Irish heritage. Uh, I went to all Irish speaking school when I primary school and secondary school. So that's from age like four up to twelve, and then twelve to eighteen. So I had to speak uh, Irish with everything. 
fella, I got Matt's textbooks and uh, I'd be reading about like uh, X and Y and every, all the all the words would be in Irish and history would be true Irish. And wow, it was brutal, fella. I mean, I you know I was I would try to be best to you know get around it, but uh, one of the greatest things I liked was when I was a kid it was reading about Irish mythology and Cú Cullen and Fionn McCool and everything, and uh, you know that's. I embrace that, you know. I've never been a fan of these uh, Irish. I see. And by the way, an Irishman will talk forever. If you give me, give, give me a rope. I'll keep going. <laughs> but no, um, no problem. Yeah. But like the whole, the you know, leprechauns and drunken paddies, and you know, the, you yeah. know, the whole tacky uh, stereotypes. Darby O'Gill. I blame Darby O'Gill. If he's still around, I drag <laughs> him in the bitch. ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but that's that's what it is. I didn't like that. I found it just. I just found it demeaning a lot of it, and I wanted to bring a stronger character in. I think the Celtic warrior, the symbols, all my moves, they do that. So, and I know there you go. I could have given that answer to probably a tense. No, I, I, I appreciate that. that. I think I'll stay on the air. Plug SmackDown this Tuesday. <laughs> Wells Fargo Arena. Go on. I, Seamus, I just I got this uh, email from a woman who says, oh, my God, Seamus's Irish brogue is so hot. I'm a little Irish, but wouldn't mind having a little more in me. Awesome. Wow. Just saying. She said yeah. from Jennifer. I love these American girls. So cool. <laughs> if you go out with an Irish girl back home, she makes you go to mass for, for, for about six months before she even kisses you. So whatever. You know what I mean? By the way, and I, I'd say this all the time, the quickest mass I've ever was in Ireland. It was, it was, um, we were in um, Newcastle, Newcastle West. West. Yeah. I went to church with my wife. That mass was like boom, boom, boom. Who's the most powerful <laughs> Jesus? All right, here you go. Hey. And, <laughs> now let's go to the pub. The, the priest was like, boom, come on, let's go. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta, how how huge are you in in Ireland as far as uh, you know fan base? Um, you know, believe it or not, I've been back home to Ireland like probably about five times in the last uh, two years. I, when I've gone back with the WWE, it's been great. I wrestled, uh, I took on John Cena. Um, I'd just been WWE champ. I think it was, I'm trying to remember now, maybe 010, uh, sorry, 010, 2010. What am I talking about? <laughs> they do things uh, in Ireland. But yeah. There's a lot of kids there in Dublin, and um, they're all wearing John Cena shirts, and they're chanting Seamus. Uh, so John <laughs> Cena didn't know what was going on. He was like totally hit for a loop, you know, but it was great. I, uh, it's been fantastic. And following me dream, and as I said, um, getting go home is great whenever these, I do. These two kids who came in to see you today, Seamus, they're both wearing John Cena shirts. Oh, yeah. he said something have, about that. They must have been giving them out free or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, John's, Cena's making it pain you for wearing them. Right? <laughs> uh, hopefully you'll make better movies than John Cena makes. <laughs> um, I named my son Seamus, and I just love the sound of it. And um, it, it didn't ever really sound like a tough name until I, uh, you know, I, I heard of you. <laughs> you. So, yeah, so thank you for giving a little muscles. And I actually, sometimes I'll call my son Shea Muscles because, uh, <laughs> Shea Muscles? Cool. Shea Muscles, yeah. Nice. I'm, trying, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to reinvent the wheel here, you know. I mean, as a ginger as well, like, I Carrot Top and Wendy and everyone destroyed it. The, 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 the great sacred name of, of redheads everywhere. So, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to correct the the wrongdoings of such uh, such people. And yeah, wasn't somebody started like a kick a ginger Day oh, yeah. campaign or something like that. Oh, come on. Yeah, have him walk up to Seamus on that <laughs> yeah, day. Right, um, yeah. I'm around, around, around Philly today, so you want to keep coming up to me and have a, uh, All right. give it a go. <laughs> All right, well, uh, by the way, you have a website, uh, theirishcurse.com, if uh, people want to keep up with you. Uh, the, the original website, SOS, at, uh, SOSofficial.com, but everything uh, about me is on the uh, WWE website. So you okay. can, and you get, oh, that's pretty more up to date than the other one. Tickets available at WWE SmackDown, Wells Fargo Center. That is Seamus, ladies yeah! and gentlemen. Yeah! Thank you, fellas. Remember, very cool. Thanks a lot, Seamus. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Gang. Cheers. Cheers. The President Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.
It is uh, Nick McElwain and Sarah. We're in for Preston and Steve, hosting the best of Preston and Steve this morning on Wednesday morning. It's uh, 7.20 in the morning. It's a uh, high 89 today, a little bit muggy out there. Not oppressively hot, not entirely comfortable, but not too bad either. Uh, and we're having a little bit of fun here this morning. And this next segment that's coming up, uh, I can't even <laughs> say what the title of the segment is, but it refers to an incident where Casey and Preston were in the bathroom at the same time. Casey saw something of Preston's. Uh, it starts with a D and ends with an, an ick and rhymes with Nick. And uh, so that's what you're going to hear next. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to take another look at the uh, the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Uh, and Sarah, what's going on on the roads? Uh, I, I just want to say that I'm really intrigued as to how we fill like a half hour of talking about this particular item. But yes, the traffic. Thank you, Nick. 95 South is slow. Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street. Honestly, though. Uh, slow Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street. That's 95 South. The Taconi Palmyra Bridge just reopened, but still a bit slow going both ways. And in New Jersey, 55 North is heavy from Deptford to the 42 Freeway. This traffic report is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Prime members save on wild-caught fresh sockeye salmon fillets at Whole Foods Market for only $9.99 a pound through July 14th while supplies last. You can find all deals on the Whole Foods Market app. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. What happened? All right. Give me a minute to set this up, okay? All right. As I said earlier, for those who have been listening since early, this may be my last day on the show. What occurred uh, just shortly before we got into the studio this morning. It had to be very profound. I, okay, uh, listen, no, just no beating around the bush. I got the squirts today, okay? Okay. All right. right. And and I I felt this rumbling coming on, so I head down to the bathroom, and I get my my favorite stall in the back there, the smaller one. You like the small one? I I, I kind of agree, even though I do like to kick back in the handicap one. No, and so I, I'm in there doing my business, and it's one of those deep rumblings where I know it's coming, but it's not quite there right, yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I got to sit there for a good 15 minutes or so before, I, and and I'm you know I'm I'm producing some things along the way, but I know there's a big one waiting. So so I hang out for a while and listen. By the way, they've they've switched the lights so they don't go off in five minutes now. They'll stay on for a good. Oh, yeah, it used to be like the bad cave. Yeah. You'd walk in and the lights would turn on and the toilets would turn around and raise up. And right. Like, yeah. But no, they stay yeah. on for a while because I was no, in there. For a good 15 minutes or so. All right. So I eventually, and, and give me your best splatter one you have, Steve. Right. Eventually the explosion. No, I mean like the, I mean, kaboom. It happens. All right. So I'm done. I'm, I'm done. All right. Hold on. I'm, I'm done. So, I, but I've got to obviously clean up. Right. I go to reach over, and by the way, this is you know a workplace. We have those industrial size rolls of toilet paper. They're right. huge, and they're also uh, they're, the the bitch with those is that when you pull down on a sheet of those and try to get enough out. It, 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 it plays walk the dog like if you're doing it with a yo-yo. Uh huh. So, going. so oh. and then it'll spin back the other way, yeah. and it's just a nightmare. Well, guess what? what? It was empty. Uh, it was so you have totally just completely detonated. empty, and and I mean, yeah. you just detonated. There's we're talking dripping, right, and yeah. you know, right. and we got you. It's nasty. Yes, it's not good. So I have no choice. I have to leave the stall. Well, I, the, I, Stop. All right, well, hang on. Okay, Stop. hang on. I'm hang right on. with you. Just please stay with me. I know. All right, I've so, been there. So I, I, there's no <laughs> way I can pull my underwear up. Oh my god. You can't. With this you can't. Oh you simply god. can't. So <laughs> Now it's not over yet. It's so not over. so I get out, I go into the handicap stall. Okay? Right. I, I make it from one stall to the other. Waddling. I go in there. I'm waddling. Yeah. I'm waddling. I got my legs spread wide apart so my pants aren't around my ankles, but they're down to my knees. Right, yeah. I go in there. The not- handicap <laughs> is out of toilet paper too. 
What are the odds of this? They clean the bathrooms every, every seven freaking minutes. minutes around here. You can't. You, you know what? They a lot block of times off the bathroom and you can't get in when you really got to go because they're cleaning and restocking. Okay, and we're not we're not kidding. Every, like at least two or three times a morning when I have to go, right. they're cleaning the freaking bathroom. So my options are limited here. I got to go to the paper towels. All right, so I go over and and I I want to spend as little time as possible. No, it goes on. Hold on. I know what you're thinking is going to happen, but it doesn't yet. All right, so I I. I spend as little time as possible to get the toilet to get the uh, uh, the uh, paper towel so I go over and it's one of those things where you got to yank down the handle yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang, a little bang, bit bang, comes bang, yeah. so I go bang 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 I like four times I rip it I go back into the stall and this is all the way across now the, the bathroom yeah. this is by yeah. the sink your pants are still at your knees yes yeah. and then I go in and I do my cleaning up well I didn't get enough paper alright so <laughs> and it's messy like I said so I go back out and at this time, I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. Well, like this. Really it's done listen, it it's so times. early in the morning. Yeah, there's the no one ones. in the building. We're the only ones here. Might as well be your home bathroom yeah. at this yeah. point. But the key is, we're the only ones here. So this time I go and I get a little bit more of the paper. And I'm like, this stuff is pretty... Yeah. Uh, harsh. It's it's you know it's coarse. not soft. Yeah. It's very it's, coarse. It's, it's yeah. made for cleaning your hands. Best thing probably moisten it a little bit. Right. So I go over oh to the gosh. sink and I turn oh on the water. Pants are on your ankles. I'm moistening it. And to turn around to get to the stall behind me, I have to turn to the right, which faces where the door is. <laughs> and I swear to God, I was on the home stretch, man. I was ready to get it all done. And right as I turn around, <laughs> Casey walks in. And I'm standing there with a wet paper towel. I have my pants around my knees, my underwear all the way down, and he just looks. At me. And listen, I, he looks at me and drops everything in his hands and just dies laughing. And I'm going, I'm going, no, you am mother effer. He's yelling like it was I'm my like, fault. We're out of toilet paper. But like you have to hit a code to get into the bathroom. Yeah, didn't you hear I that? I couldn't hear it. it was, I had I the did water so, on. I did it so fast too. I was like beep 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 beep, and then I just opened it right up, and then I, I walk in, and he was so you, you, scared. You know, I have issues with the bathroom, and I have issues exactly with the same thing. I have had to do that that stall to stall sprint. He didn't even stay in there to go to the bathroom. He just how left. could you? How could you? Well, I was going to do He'd the same thing. He'd just been raped. I was doing. I was, <laughs> I really, He'd been visually raped. I uh, I had to do the same exact thing. So I was, you know. And then thank you, President, for telling me that there's no toilet paper because I just went down the hall. That's the first thing I said. I go, there's no toilet paper. Is that all that was That's said? That's why I'm standing here. Well, that and a, an uncontrollable laughter. laughter. No, I did say something else because. This, I love you. No, no. <laughs> this was a pretty uncomfortable bowel movement, all right? So I, I I had to strain a little bit. I didn't feel well. My stomach was hurting. And and, and all this, and when Casey's laughing at me, and I look down at my equipment, and it had shrunk to the size of a Tic Tac. And I go, dude, it's cold. Look I, at how much I shrank up. Well, I mean, you have to look you at this from, that. from my man. I swear to God. That. He did. He was like, dude, it's all shriveled up and stuff. Oh. 
I do need to say, you shriveled up is bigger than me. <laughs> salute. So for the Philadelphia people, I wanted to save some dignity. Oh. So for everybody listening, I got I got to say, Preston, oh. you're packing some heat. All right, thank you. You are packing some heat. It was ugly heat um, <laughs> that I didn't want to see. But but the funniest thing is, I turn God. the corner and he's standing there like this, right? So his shirt comes down to like the top of his waistline. So. I just see Shaft. That's all <laughs> I see. And just talking about Shaft? Just talking about oh. Shaft. Um, so I, 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 I get God shaft. almighty. Um, but so all I see is Shaft, and then at the top of his knees are his, his underwear. And, and, and briefly I'm thinking, did he just crap himself and he's like doing cleanup or whatever? Um, or, or, I mean, honestly, that, so you're, but you, you were pretty much done at that point. Well, yeah. Because that's always what's going to happen. I've, I've told you, I've been in that, in that handicap stall. And and the door will just unlock itself and open up while I'm sitting on the <laughs> yeah. on the ball and say, "Hey!" When we we were playing the best of segment back with John C. Riley this morning, yeah. five thirty, and Casey, you know, it has like a, it's an eleven minute long interview. So Casey grabs the Daily News and he walks out of the studio and he's like, "Nick, keep a listen out. You know, make sure it doesn't end. I, I think I'll be back in time." I was like, "Sure, no problem. You know, if the interview ends, I'll hit the next element. And we'll go into a song or whatever." <laughs> so uh, Casey walks out of the studio, and and I expect it'll be gone for five six minutes. Thirty seconds later. Later, he comes running back into the studio, laughing his ass off, and I'm just like, "What happened?" And and you had to hold on to the story until just now. I was well, like, "I'm gonna let Preston tell this one." After and and afterwards, when I got done and I came back in here, I started to think about what it must have looked like <laughs> when you came walking in, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing, man. I it was. I was so wait a second. When you turned around, was was it the case where he was standing there? Just Gape, or did he just walk in and then freeze? Like for a split second, he froze, and then is he just burst yeah. out into? All right. Imagine you're walking in the woods and you turn a corner and you see a bear, and you would have that moment like, "Oh, oh my, my God, am, am I a, seeing what I'm seeing?" Yeah. So it was just real brief, like. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at your penis, dude. You know, and like I'm just trying to figure out. And I'm, what. And I'm in semi-squat mode yeah. because my knees are bent. Oh He's got to keep the underwear up. And I'm it's like a gorilla <laughs> holding a wet paper towel. I'm like, no. <laughs> but I mean, in in, in the, the, the time, the the, the, the info. I was in there for 15 minutes. You had to come in at that very moment. Well, but would, you knew, you knew, didn't you? God. Slightly suspect. It'll always happen at the most well, inopportune moment. A call came up just a moment ago, and we lost a call, but I saw the subject line. They said that I should use my cell phone while I was in there to call one of you guys to go get some, <laughs> some, uh, some toilet paper, paper for me. But our cell phones don't it, work it, in no. the building. No, no, they don't permeate the bathroom. I probably would have done that. Preston, did you... Jesus. I guess you didn't run back into the stall. You just kind of stood there. You well, froze, too. waddled back. I was not. Well, yeah. Were you doing well, helicopters? I stood there for a second because I, I didn't want to be... I didn't want to be like, that oh, my guy. God, don't look at me. You know, so I kind of stood there for a second. I'm like, dude, and my hands are out like this. I'm I like, don't, there's no toilet paper. I, Take a look at this. I got an extended uh, glance yeah. at, at your manhood. I know. Uh, and it was weird because I didn't want to look at it, but I couldn't take my you eyes away. ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't take my eyes away from it. And then, I mean, it wasn't. 
it was it was kind of like long. I, I I wish I had a stopwatch to see how long that we and were actually, standing. Yeah. But I was I, I told Nick when it what, came was it to... was it that was it that moment at which at which things you've been wanting to say to Preston for so long would finally come out. I had I had no idea what to say. I had to laugh. But when it came back and and uh, eventually Preston did tell Nick the story. What's your penis? I mean, what happened there for that brief moment? That ten seconds. All. You know, oh, no. <laughs> why are you naked? <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, like the series of events that that made that happen started when our alarm clocks went off yeah. this morning. God was smiling. God on this was one. smiling. It was, it was a it was a practical joke that was in the works. I mean, because you you, you think about it, and press that was your second trip to the bathroom this morning, or, or was uh, that yeah, your, it was okay, actually. So that was his second trip. There were a few things that I needed to make sure I got done here before <laughs> I allowed myself to go to the bathroom. I brought the newspaper with me. I get all this stuff set up. I mean, God was just like, to time it perfectly. God just to, timed yeah. it this morning. He was like, all right, ready, set, and go. He, <laughs> he was up there chuckling. He was like, all right, now it's going to happen. You know my, my issues with the bathroom. I've always mentioned that that thing and, and, and about what that toilet do? paper display. What do you do? I, I've I've been actually locked in the handicap stall and tore the door. <laughs> and just blew it off. <laughs> I blew it right off. Uh, it's it's a nightmare. And to have two stalls without toilet paper. I, I how does mind. that happen? Well, okay, how does that happen? But whether it's this instance or something else, I'm surprised after 10 years that you guys have not seen each other naked. Well, this has, um, uh, yeah, this is not, uh, yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen you naked. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and uh, Congratulations. Uh, this easily <laughs> tops the time where I walked in and my boss taking a dump at the shore house uh, as like the most Jim? awkward, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on the ball? <laughs> yeah, we, we were doing a, uh, you know, we give away the, the hey, short house, and I walk in, and he didn't lock the door, and he's there mid-wipe, and I just walk in, and I was like, oh, no. Can we add the new modest mouse? Hang on. Let me let me go to Steve real quick. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, guys. You rock. Thank you. Steve, what's your comment? So, Preston, uh, you're basically saying that Casey got lost. In your wang. In my wang. He got lost in your in wang. wang. He was he was mesmerized by it. Let me go to Charlie real quick. Hey Charlie, how you doing? Oh God. In your wang. What's going on? Uh, is this Charlie? Hey. Hey, I'm looking for the meat behind the beef. You got him. <laughs> I saw it. It's right up front, right yeah. now. You're worried about getting fired over this? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant I would quit because I can't be in the same room with Casey anymore. Well, it's not like he even saw you where you were sprawled on a bed in a seductive way. You were hunched over <laughs> with your, your ass impacted with all sorts of crap. And, and you're looking as that is I can't think of a worse position to be in to be seen. There's nothing worse than that. Charlie, it says here you think I should be promoted. <laughs> you need like a. A double of your uh, pay right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if the bosses are listening, it's Charlie approved. But I, I have had a, a more awkward situation where my friend walked in on me. I was at his shore house, and he walked in on me like as I was like wiping, you know. So I was, and and I don't like. I guess I'm I'm different. Do you guys like? Because I well, you fully stand up when I wipe. No, I, don't know. I, do, I do too. I do too. Okay. Stand uh, up I, yeah, to yeah, wipe for, for better leverage. Yeah, and because I like to play the flute. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. So, but in this particular situation, I uh, it was it was a messy one, like pressing this morning. So I had to turn around to see Hi. You know, um, what was in the toilet, see if I should pre-flush. So I flush. But and it, it flushes for you anyway. 
Well, no, no, I'm talking about down oh, okay. the shore. So, uh, so I'm standing like this, and you know, oh, Steve, your story. vantage point. Right, yeah. Uh, this it is was how a profile he shot. Walks in the door, and I'm like this, like <laughs> profile. But didn't you say that you you get out of the you were out of the you got out of the shower one time? Oh yeah, my, covered in suds. Suds. You're my, sitting on the bowl, and your mother-in-law came yeah, in. No, no, it was my wife. Oh, you It was just my wife. It was one of those things. Where so you look like Mr. Bubble <laughs> taking a dump. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I, I had no other choice. I mean, it, I, it, Preston, I think you, what happened is you got a little relaxed. You got a little, you know. I, no, no, I was. I would, moving, have, I would have been darting around like a like a hummingbird. I was moving quickly. Uh, you know, it's just the the timing. It, it could. There's nobody here. How did that happen? Hang on, let me go to Tara. Hey, Tara, how you doing? Hey, you guys rock. Thank you. What's up, Tara? I was at the King of Prussia Mall, and <laughs> yeah. Kathy could probably say that there's like about a dozen stalls in the women's room at the King of Prussia yeah. Mall. Well, it was pretty busy, but the stalls on either side of me had nobody in them, and I realized that my stall had no toilet paper. And I just got done taking a dump. Just like <laughs> <laughs> lady. Go, Tara? She's using all the feminine jargon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I didn't know what to do. There was nobody next to me, so I couldn't do the reach under, hey, can you hand me some toilet paper? Yeah. So I ended up having to take off my underwear, use my underwear, and then discreetly throw them in the trash can. That so, You know what? In hindsight, I probably should have yeah. done that. Yeah. No. I, I've done that. No. At that at that time in the morning, I would have done exactly what you've done, because I've had to do that same maneuver two or three times. And then, Preston, I've done it at the height of the day when there's when there's should be tons of traffic. What, waddled out? I waddled out and waddled it, but there was, there was paper in the second store. Now, and here's here's another question. If you're and, uh, for guys, yeah. if, if you're in in stalls next to each other, and you find out that your stalls out no, of toilet the paper, guy, you will think you the, guy's the guy is gay. Next to you, you will think the guy is if he's reaching under. I wouldn't. That's ask. code. No, you, a- you wouldn't ask. No, no. I don't think so. Oh, no, I, I would not. I, you yeah. totally ask. If you get anything else, it's just a little bonus. You know. Yeah, you just, I, I'd rather die in solitude in that stall than <laughs> than, than reach under. I don't think I'd ask. Kathy. Oh, I, I girls ask all the time. Yeah, but girls, you, they're you, different. You guys make out and there's no problem. That's right. We ask for toilet paper and then we make out. Dude, Marissa and I do it all the time. So it's it's, the, it's all, all the, the rage in the ladies' yeah. bathroom. Let me go to Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Hey, you guys rock. Thank hey, you, Tim. What's going on, man? Too much. Uh, I used to work at Best Buy, and uh, I, at first I really hate going to the bathroom in public places. I'm really ain't all about, about getting the stuff cleaned sure. out. Right. You want, yeah. you want to be hygienically correct. Yeah. Of, of course. Yes. So I go. Uh, of course, it's a bad day for me. I obviously have to force myself to go in there yeah. in the first place. And Sometimes you gotta go. I go. I finish my business and I look and of course there's no toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So I think, oh geez. So I'm, I'm looking around and uh, I figure I'm gonna make the move to the stall next door. So uh, there's only two stalls in this bathroom. So I hurry up, make the shimmy over and I get over there. Then, of course, no toilet paper there. Well, the bathroom's kind of messy to begin with, and there's some scraps of toilet paper laying on the ground. Oh, no, you didn't. I, I suppose, I suppose <sighs> it's the ones that people lay down to put their asses on. Right, yeah. yes, the ass condom. Oh, right. That doesn't make it back into the toilet. Yeah. Well, I used some of those, and <laughs> it God. wasn't enough. Oh, it was not no. Enough. It's, so, it's, it's, it's disastrous. So what did you end up doing? I ended up shimmying out into the main area, and about five seconds later, a customer who I was just helping walks right into oh, the bathroom. No. Well, was, wait, wait, were you, where was this Best Buy? Where was it? 
This is in Deptford. Okay, well, maybe you, you could have awesome. maybe shimmied out across the street to the Marshalls. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I just left work for the day. God, I, I wouldn't of course. Doubt it. I wouldn't doubt you it. You kill man. yourself. Listen, and, and in hindsight now, I'm thinking about it, is it, while I was sitting there wondering what to do, it, I, I can equate it to being... In, in a foxhole under enemy right. fire. Can you make it? Can I make it? Yeah. Am I going to yeah. be able to do this? you got to sit there and psych yourself up for a minute or so. Okay, here's the plan. <laughs> Think it through. What yeah. am I going to do? And then you make the move, and then, of course, you get shot. Well, and then when there when there's nothing in the in the second stall, I mean, that, that now... I would have figured for I would have said forget it. I don't know, use the underwear or something because you know after you, well, you're, you're bound to get caught. <laughs> I agree exactly with what time. Preston did though because there was another paper source in the bathroom and that is exactly yeah. where I would have gone. Yeah. I would have gone. I would have darted. I don't know if I would have opted for the uh, the the moistening it down. I, I, I needed to because it, it, because it, you're very well, uh, tender. This, no, because the stuff was like paper and it wasn't very absorbent, right. and it would have been you know. I, mean, I got you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean, but I'm, I'm not, not sure. If That's you guys why can... I think the men's even in our stalls we should have bidets. I'm not sure if you guys can visualize what I saw, but that's basically uh, <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> nice. picture of artists' <laughs> rendering of Casey. what I saw this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Let me see that. Yeah, it would, it would be hard to figure out. What you know it what? Like. Yeah. You, know, you need to. We need to scan this yeah, and put yeah. this on the website. Um, no, it's for I. you, Casey. Yeah. God, man. It well, was... w- w- would you? Would you guys feel better if if, if Casey dropped trow and you got to see the same thing? He's no, already seen it all, man. Never, I've I've seen him naked before. It'll oh, never. That's right, yeah. I can't. You can't take it back. You okay. can't wish it away. Uh, but I mean, is it? It's it's better that it was Casey than some random person, don't well, you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If it would have been, if it would have been someone that I casually see in the hallways here, and, sure, that, that works at another place yeah. that I'm not familiar That'd with, that'd be good. That would have been more difficult because I would see them every now and then. And what about Man About Town? That would have been a tough one, your boss. Uh, yeah, that would have been yeah. hard to, to deal with, too. So I'm actually, yeah, I'm glad it was Casey. Cause, yeah. But every now and then, you realize for years now, uh, if, if we're sitting here and I just look at him and we spontaneously start laughing <laughs> without it. saying a word, that's what we're laughing about. It'll, for years. I'd be less concerned be about the genitalia than about the disaster that was your ass at that point. But, I mean, it's the whole thing. Yeah. It's you, not just It a, was really, it, you could not, not have just, done more to embarrass yourself. It's not, I, I can handle him seeing my equipment, but the fact with, with, the, with the underwear around my knees. <laughs> when you're pooping, you're very vulnerable, man. Yes. I mean, like, you're in a, Even in nature. Yeah. I felt like the, in the position I was in, if you've ever seen a girl, like, use the bathroom outside right. when and, they and squat t- down, yeah, tuck her, yeah. pull the underwear out. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Well, I like I, I can imagine what it feels like for you two. But Marissa, when we go to the gym together, she won't even get changed in front of me. So is that I, right? Yeah, no. she won't get changed in front of me. So I, I think I understand. You want to have a little? Do we? Are you out in the? Are you out in the general no, concourse no, there? Not, like walking. Do you go out in the naked. parking lot? Do you start changing? <laughs> well, when you change, how naked do you get? Completely, well, no, fully. But, well, you yeah. know how, yeah. No, no, no. You can oh, see okay. that the full tumbleweed pops no, out. No, I'm just saying she won't even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look at this. Tumbleweed. A toucan. <laughs> no, but you know how girls are able to change. They can put the sports bra over the bra and then pull sure. it off. Like, she won't even do that. Like, she waits for me to get changed and then she's like, okay, are you going to leave now? Because I'll get changed. What wow, do you do? That's you don't a go into the stall or anything like Hold that. Hold on a second. I got her mic on. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Marissa? Well, there's no stall, but I think the situation is, Kathy, every time I've walked into the gym, you're already changed. And I feel awkward uh-huh. while you're just like standing there waiting. waiting? Yeah. All right, yes. And, you? and you watch, and, and Kathy watches in a creepy way, right? <laughs> well, I also wear thongs, so you'll see my whole ass hanging out in front of you if you I, look at me. Yeah. And Kathy I mean, wears whatever. the granny panties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Elaine Bryans. 
Well, anyway, I just it was important that we get that information out there. Yeah. Wow, had, that is, a, uh, that is to, a life-changing moment. I, I couldn't... I couldn't not talk about you've, that. You've set the you've set the, the the course for your friendship together for the next ten years. I know uh, that needed to happen because Preston's having a party tonight. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk. Oh, about now there's that. a whole bunch yeah. to talk about. All right, uh, maybe right. there'll be a lots to replicate. Oh, well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you mother ever like that's my fault. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna take. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. I'll consider staying with the show. Uh, yes. You now get that on, I've gotten that out Got a there. man up and hanging. Gotten hanging it out of the way. I'll stay right where you are. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you don't need a getaway to have a great getaway this summer. At Acme, you'll find everything you need to get into vacation mode right at home. Enjoy summer favorites all season long. From their famous USDA Lancaster brand choice beef and tender chicken to the tastiest summer fruits and vegetables. So fresh and delicious, you'll think you're on vacation. No matter what your grocery needs are this summer, Acme has you covered. Acme, your summer food headquarters. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Sarah and Nick with the best of Preston and Steve. Would help if I turned your mic on, wouldn't it, Nick? Well, thanks. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. You say it's going to be pretty muggy out today, right? Well, yeah. Um, and so I, I, I said maybe earlier I made a mistake in, on it and said it wouldn't be too terribly muggy out. And I got a text from somebody. He's, he's blowing glass down in Vineland, New Jersey. He says, not too muggy out. I'm a scientific glass blower, and we start at 5 a.m. down in Vineland. It's already 89 in my shop and probably 100% humidity. So to you, sir, blowing the glass, I apologize. It is going to be hot today. It is going to be muggy, and uh, we hope we're going to get you through with some best of Preston and Steve segments with Nick and Sarah on a Wednesday morning. And, uh, Sarah, you do have another look at the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Before we get to the uh, bizarre file, let's take a look at that traffic. Thank you, Nick. So Germantown Pike is slow at 202. It looks like both ways there's a disabled vehicle there and also a fuel spill, so use caution in that area. 95 South is slow from Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street. The roadway is reduced to three lanes there. The Vine is heavy from the Schuylkill to the Parkway, or I'm sorry, the Parkway to the Schuylkill. And in New Jersey, 55 North is slow Deptford to the 42 Freeway. This traffic report is brought to you by Macy's. It's Macy's Black Friday in July with daily deals and incredible specials to spruce up your space and update your look. Like designer fashion for her, dazzling diamonds, and sharp suits, plus so much more, now through Monday at Macy's. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre. Bizarre Final. So we will cover this. Like I said, you know... We take a week off. Some things will happen that are worth bringing back up again. And this happened last week out of Scranton. And uh, and I had to throw this into the bizarre file. Police in northeastern Pennsylvania say they recovered more than 50 bags of heroin, cash, and loose change from a woman following a cavity search. Did you guys see Whoa, this? Oh, yes. I did hear about this. Authorities say 27-year-old Karen <laughs> uh, Mechalanis was detained last weekend following a crash. Uh, Scranton police say they found three bags of heroin in her jacket. And after being taken to the police station, she told investigators that she had more hidden in her Mr. Magoo. Oh. Her coin slot. 
a doctor performed a search and recovered 54 bags of heroin, 31 empty bags used to package heroin, prescription pills, and $51.22. There you There you go. Uh, McAlanis was, was jailed. Well, we we got to reset it. That's an actual live effect. That's Casey. Casey and I are motioning back and forth like crazy. Yeah. All right. We'll try it again. All right. right prescription pills and $51.22. Here, do the... I got another one for you. Do oh, that long, long, drawn out one. Okay. All right. Hang on. Hang right. on. All right. Go ahead. Live, live comedy. <laughs> Wait, no, long drawn out. The long one, the long one. All right, wait. Oh, okay, hold on. That was live. That's comedy. That's like uh, like the old days of uh, of, uh, uh, dramatic radio. Sure, yes. Yes, absolutely. The shadow knows. (laughs) Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Hello, Silva. And now we check in on Little Orphan Annie. Who knows what evil lurks in me? Who keeps coins in her cooter? <laughs> wow. Are you still doing that? I don't know. He said coins cooter. Uh, coins in the cooter. All right. Make it out dough. Make <laughs> <laughs> Coins in the cooter, picking out dough. Uh, McAlanis was jailed on a $25,000 bail on charges including possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance. You got a lot of change in your pocket. <laughs> yes. on, a, on a completely other uh, or similar note, actually I heard another story, Preston, of someone bussing ganj in their... Really? Mr. Magoo. Apparently that is the storage place. I guess that's where they put it. Uh, a bride was arrested after she reportedly kicked a police officer in the groin who arrived to break up a fight at her wedding reception. <laughs> oh, my balls! Police responded Saturday after receiving a call yelling and screaming could be heard in the background. Police arrived and were told that partygoers were, quote, killing each other in the backyard. Never a good sign. The officers found a large brawl and told participants to stop fighting. The officers used pepper, pepper spray after their commands were ignored. Uh, the combatants became angry and aggressive towards the officers. Um, the, the bride, Angela DeVito, charged after another partygoer and had to be restrained. Uh, DeVito, who was wearing a white dress and brown cowboy boots, then kicked the police officer in the groin and was arrested. Well, they they were trying to ruin her most magical day. Yeah, according to police, the groom started a fight with some wedding crashers who were dancing too provocatively with the bride. And that's what set the whole thing off. Oh, my God. Uh, A woman who believed that her husband was having an affair is accused of attacking another woman and biting off part of her finger in the Walmart parking lot where they both work. Uh, Claudia... Uh, Koikur. Claudia Koikur? Yeah, was arrested. The hell is that? And charged with aggravated battery with great bodily harm, causing permanent disfigurement. Uh, Where you going, Claudia? uh, Deputies arrived at Walmart to find a victim sitting on the ground and appeared to be covered in a substance similar to pepper spray. She done bit my finger off. When the deputy asked the victim if she was injured, she raised her right hand and showed the tip of her right ring finger was missing. Uh, Do you have any change in your vagina? I need to make a call. The victim told... (laughs) 
The victim told deputies that she went to her vehicle after finishing her shift at Walmart and then was attacked. Wow. Corcora threw a substance in her face to initiate the attack. The victim told deputies the substance was hot, spicy, and burned her eyes. Uh, the two women started fighting. It must have been pepper then. And that's when Kokora bit the victim's finger. Kokora told deputies that she had heard a rumor that the victim was having an affair with her husband, who also works at the Walmart. You know, Walmart should hire snipers. Uh, the <laughs> husband and the victim denied any affair, and uh, the incident is ongoing. Have you checked the Walmart site yet? Lately? Uh, not lately, uh, no. It's, it's been a There's while. Some... There's a whole Walmart. bunch of new stuff up yeah. there. Is it the people at Walmart? Yeah. Uh. Uh, authorities say that a New York subway train severed a man's leg after he fled onto the tracks to escape police. Workers were spotted, or I'm sorry, workers spotted the man on the tracks but could not stop trains on the J line in Queens in time. Uh, the train severed the victim's right leg and also chopped off part of his arm. Wow. Uh, police Was it worth it? Came into a station looking for Corey Brown around 1 a.m. Police suspected they had been trying to steal a car, and a train crew later spotted him, but they were not able to. Obviously, stop the train in time. Ah! Another. <laughs> he dropped his change. Came out of his pocket. <laughs> for a little comedy of sad sure. story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, and then one more. It's this called one a callback in comedy. <laughs> this one also out of New York. Officials have closed the reptile house at New York's Bronx Zoo yes. after a poisonous Egyptian cobra disappeared from an enclosure that's wow. separate from the animal exhibit. Oh, no. Get scared, but there's a cobra that got out. So I'd ask you to kindly gravitate towards the egress. <laughs> That's the Bronx Zoo, the announcement that they made. This is a cobra, like MC Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's got like a big flattened out head. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Zoo officials say the building was immediately closed <laughs> and secured after the staff learned that the adolescent snake was missing Friday afternoon. Oh, it's a teenager. Then it's full of trouble. Uh, the full zoo- of piss and vinegar they are. Uh, the zoo released a statement saying it's confident the 20-inch long snake is in an area of the building that's not accessible to the public. We have every confidence that cobra's not out in the general population. But run! <laughs> <laughs> I thought we're not supposed to be a scared. Uh, run in a non-scared manner. All right. Snake. Usually seek closed-in spaces and aren't comfortable in open areas. And officials say they are informed. You mean like the- county fairs and things of that nature, right? Yeah, yeah. the the uh, a public of an abundance of caution and will continue to take whatever steps necessary to ensure public safety. It's always uh, you know a bit of a pain when one of your cobras goes missing. <laughs> have you ever been to the Bronx Zoo? I've not. It's wild because you're there and it's you know uh, you know <laughs> welcome to the Serengeti, and then you you hear it through the hedges. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right in. In town. Oh, right. really? Yeah. Right across the street are tenement buildings. Really? So, you know, it, it's you, you have this one thing where they're trying to create this environment that you're going to get, you know, swept away in, right. and you're hearing the sounds of urban, you know, street life. Well, to make it more realistic, Steve, now they're releasing the animals. <laughs> the animals, yes. <laughs> to let them socialize. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, anyhow, that is what I have in the B file for you, friends. We're going to be back in a moment. Stay right there. In these difficult times, MMR reminds you, social distancing doesn't mean you can't still be social. Good morning, my neighbors! Connect with us on your favorite social media platform today. After all, since we're going to be here a while, let's make the best of it together, but safely. 
because we don't know where your timeline has been. Oh, my God. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. It's uh, Nick and Sarah. We're in for Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve are off this week. They will be back on Monday. And so we're playing back some best of segments. And uh, coming up in just a moment, one of my favorite interviews of all time, Sarah. It's uh, Tim Robbins, who is in my favorite movie of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. And I remember being nervous for this interview. We don't get too nervous anymore. We get and to you meet guys a- do a lot of interviews. We so do. that's and, saying something. And we get to meet a lot of really cool people. It's definitely one of the best perks of the job. But I remember because it was Tim Robbins, because he's in my favorite movie, I was, uh, I was nervous about meeting the guy, but he could not have been nicer, and it's a really cool interview, so I hope you enjoyed as much as uh, as we did. And uh, But before we get to that interview, we do want to take another look at the traffic, the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Sarah, what's going on on the roads? Thank you, Nick. Germantown Pike at 202 is slow. Looks like both ways due to that fuel spill that's happening there, so use caution in that area. Blue Route South is slow from Broomall to Route 1. 95 South, still slow, Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street, where the roadway is reduced to three lanes due to construction. And in New Jersey, the Jersey Turnpike North is heavy from 322 to Route 168. This traffic report is brought to you by Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise. Your health is at the forefront at Mattress Warehouse's Clean Shop Promise as stores reopen with proper sanitation techniques and protective coverings. Book a private appointment or visit sleephappens.com. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. We have our guests in studio. We have been uh, teasing this all morning long. Got really excited when we found out that he's stopping by. And we're going to tell him up front that we're just going to love him to death during this interview. (laughs) We're just going to geek out as much as we possibly can. Uh, Please welcome, too many movies to mention, right? I usually do the the list of of movies that they've starred in. Just, it's Tim Robbins. Yeah! Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Uh, Thanks for coming in. By the way, you're in town in a musical capacity. Yes. 80 people on stage with you. (laughs) 345. 345. It's a hell of a show. The uh, Russian ballet. Yeah. Uh, You know what? Again, whenever you see, okay, Tim Robbins has a band. You know, he's actors and... You're good. I was going through the stuff and doing some research and listening to the music. It, it's very cool, and it's it's surprising. And then doing research on you, music's been a part of your life forever. Forever, yeah. My, par- my parents are both musicians. Yeah, it's. I, I know that. I know that uh, that that judgment that happens. It's like you know. I, at one point, I, I said, "Must we all pay for the sins of Leonard Nimoy?" <laughs> oh. oh no! I got I got Leonard Nimoy right here. Actually, uh, Steve actually yeah. has it. Bilbo Baggins, yeah, Bilbo Baggins, exactly. No, no, we. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We have a good time up on stage. We're really, it's a really great band, and uh, I've been doing doing music my whole life, and uh, my brother's up there with me, and your son. My my son is opening up for us. Tonight. That's awesome. Yeah, he's got a great band. Yeah, he came up and joined us on stage last night. Um, uh, it's uh, it's something that um, we didn't have a we didn't have a television growing up, but we had a great stereo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and some good headphones. And uh, Dad always brought vinyl home, so it was. It was you know, we we were talking about this yesterday. Tim uh, Preston was talking about his sons and and. Um, you know whether you sort of try to indoctrinate them into into music. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad playing a lot of music. Now your your dad was in the highway, the highwayman. Yes. Yeah, uh, and uh, we used to. Um, uh, what was the the the, the main hit? Michael Rowe, the boat ashore. We used and... to hear that all the time on the radio station. My mother listened to, and uh, but I remember I remember sort of getting indoctrinated into stuff that my father listened to. And, and is that something you actively did or did your, did your son take to it just naturally? Oh no, I, I, uh, I forced a, a good, uh, diet of, um, 
uh, the Clash on the nice <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and the Pogues and uh, and also folk music and just a general you know kind of overall um, indoctrination um, from the, from the very start. I, it's a good thing to do, by the way. I recommend it to parents because what happens is later on they get they get better taste than you have. Yeah, and, and so the reason why I, I I've been able to go to Arcade Fire concerts is because of my kids. You know? That's cool. They, they, they and and. Mumford and Sons and these these great new bands, they they make me uh, like I force them to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a reciprocal they, thing. Yeah, right yeah. On. I had and Tim in this day and age now every uh, uh, vehicle has uh, you know a DVD player in it uh, a lot too, and so my kids got used to when we would get in the car uh, watching a video monitor, and I was like, well maybe we should watch this movie. It's called Yellow Submarine, and I put it on, <laughs> and my kids just now they're Beatles fans. Right. I'm like, all right, I'm going in the right direction now. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't. It, unfortunately, <laughs> the radio doesn't come on as much as it should, and I just was talking to my wife yesterday. I'm like, we're gonna start shutting that TV off. We need music needs to be a bigger part in their life. It is important. Yeah. Well, what, well, here's here's what might happen though. Okay. Okay. Just a little warning for you. When the Bob Dylan comes on, mm-hmm. and they start going, "Who's that?" Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to go. All right. Listen. You you're not right. You just you'll you'll learn later. Yeah, there's some that you're going to have to work on a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and, and Dylan's the great. We've ta- I've talked about this many times. You'll see him, and he'll be fantastic. And then you'll see him a month later, and you'll be like, "Oh my god!" And you'll bring people to the show, and trust me, trust me. And you just—it's always hit or miss, yeah, you know. I could, know. Could your career have taken with, with music as substantial as it is in your life? Could your career have cut just to the music? Well, it could have. Uh, I did a movie in 1992 called Bob Roberts, which I love. And uh, thank you. Yeah, and, um, hilarious. And uh, I play guitar in that movie, and I sing. And and when it came out, uh, it was also the year of the player, and I was winning all these awards and stuff. And it was one of those world is your oyster years. And I got offers to do an album, and I thought at the time, well, nah, because you know I don't really have. Much to say at this point musically. Do you do you need you need something to to motivate you? Get you just you know you're not the kind of guy. Okay, I need you to sit down and write. You need something to to inspire you at that moment to create. Well, I thought at the time that it would have been kind of uh, exploitative. Yeah, it would have been like uh, using your fame to be a temporary rock star. <laughs> right, and yeah. and it would have it would have been like you know I would have had maybe five songs and then five covers and I I just didn't yeah. I just didn't it felt. Just disingenuous to me, and I, I felt like no, you know, I've too many times I came home from school and my dad was hunkered over composition paper, working uh, on a oratorio or something. And music was an important thing in our house, right? Something you didn't do lightly, and something you didn't exploit. And so, I, I said no, and uh, I said no to the soundtrack album of Bob Roberts too, because I didn't want to hear those songs out of context. Yeah, because you you you're, you're playing in the movie. I mean, it's the whole thing is this, and the, the songs are very funny. But but you were the one. To put the kibosh on, a, on yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, so when this started to you know ruminate in my mind, um, it really was more. Uh, it was Hal Wilner, the producer, who's a super ta- super talented um, producer. He was the one that really made it happen. I had these uh, songs that he knew about, and he heard, and he said, you know, you should really do an album, and I've got the musicians for you, and why not, what are you doing in two weeks? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on a plane, come on, let's do this. I uh, I've seen you perform before. You opened for Pearl Jam um, at in Reading, and then uh, I guess you played with them down in D.C. as well as the Vote for Change tour in 2004. And if I'm not mistake, mistaken, did you come out as Bob Roberts? That's right, at Reading, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in a wheelchair, in a wheelchair. That's great. And, yeah. and I I think Eddie Vedder introduced you as such. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you and, embraced and then that. I was, then I was electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> and, and I came back to life. That's yeah. so like awesome. Frankenstein. And, and it was a great set, and you got to jam with Pearl Jam, and I know you and Eddie are, are friends, and that's my favorite band of all time, so that's why I went, and then I got to see you, which was really cool as well. Um, is it... Um, as a musician, what's it like having access to a band like that, to a band like Pearl Jam? Oh, well, uh, I can't tell you how much fun it is, you know. Um, I can't tell you how much fun it is to have access to my own band, you know. It's mm-hmm. just... Right. It's just... It, it's such a joy to be able to go up on stage and... They're good. And, I mean, they're they're all they're all good, and they, they all... They see... I was reading about the process of how, how you put this stuff together, and, and it was kind of fascinating because... You, you'll, from what I gather, you'll come in, you'll kind of strum the song to them, and then you sort of explain to them where you were mentally when you wrote the song, and they they sort of fill it in with yeah, you. Is yeah. that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They, that's how we did the album. We did the album in two days, and it was all live. Okay. It's um, we did two overdubs later in New York, Hal and I, but uh, mostly just live. It's it's um, uh. The band is is really really great, and um, we take the audience on a journey every night. We, cool. We we um, we do a little tribute to my parents in the middle, and uh, we do a. Um, uh, it kind of goes from. Um, uh, well, you'll have to see it. It's, it it it's, it goes from um, this idea that uh, that. Uh, you know, you can get past anything yeah. in life. That's a that's a positive. And uh, yeah, yeah. at the end, there's a, a, a bit of redemption. And cool. So, um, and to a- answer your question, the, 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 it's, just, it's just so great to uh, to um, to be able to have most of my closest friends are, are musicians. You know, the uh, uh, honestly. Actors, you know, you got to watch your back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of cool that you gravitate that way. Uh, you know, it's just you know, talking to you. Obviously, you have a, a deep love and respect for music, and um, uh, there there are a lot of actors out there who quietly, um, you know are musicians and uh you know i i think i like jeff bridges and you kind of knew that he was pretty decent and 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 then a movie like crazy heart comes out and you're like wow and even colin farrell yeah you you had no idea that this guy could sing and um you know it's just it's kind of cool how you you know i i think if you if you do it the right way and, and you and you wait your turn um you can shine and shine the way you want yeah, well, I, I hope I hope so. Yeah, I'm I'm better than both of those. Guys. <laughs> no, but there are, I mean, uh, well, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, the uh, listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I would not argue that. Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to something you just said, Tim. You said uh, you know talking about being able to get past anything, and I want to reference um, uh, your acceptance speech for uh, your Oscar win uh, for Mystic River, and you said something that I thought was. Really, really awesome. At the very end, you made it a point to say, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, if you're a victim, uh, because obviously your character was sexually abused in that movie, and you said if you're if you are a victim, if you've had this happen, you did nothing wrong. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. It's okay to come forward. Um, did you ever get any feedback from people who who listened to you and and followed through on that afterwards? Uh, there was uh, that night. There was a spike in um, uh, in uh, calls to uh, centers that deal with abuse. How awesome, awesome is that? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, it was major. It was. You know, I know that about the that that forum. There's so there's so many people watch that show. I figured if I had, you know, the, what they give you thirty seconds, you know, yeah. to 
So I, I wanted to, to take some of that time to just to, uh, uh, shine a light on this, this. It was short, and just how you worded it, it just it struck a chord. It, but it, it was like bang. It was like immediate. There's, the words no, you chose were there's no shame in, in seeking help. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's, it's and it's necessary. Are you are you ever amazed? Because you know the power. You know, and obviously, you know we're going to get to to Shawshank and some other things. It was on last night. It was on last night. Yeah. Uh, I mean. The, 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 a lot of that, especially that movie and, and, and a lot of your other projects, uh, you know, even things as uh, like Anchorman are, are at the pop culture nexus of what we talk about. Does it ever is it ever lost on you how uh, how what you do artistically becomes entrenched in other people's lives? No, I mean, it, I get a daily reminder of it. You yeah. Know, whenever I'm out. Um, what are you most referenced? What are you most referenced? About, I mean, when people come up to you, what's what is usually the first thing they reference? First thing, probably Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah. Yeah. It does that get old, or is it? Is it? Is no, it because cool? the, you know, I I was thinking about this. I'm so proud of that movie, and it's such a beautiful movie. It's it really um, means so much to so many people, and it's you know it's changed people's lives. I, you know, I had a doctor come up to me and said he changed his entire way of practicing medicine. Really? After, you know, I didn't get how that happened, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's really one of those things that really changes people. And so I'm um, I'm super proud of that. Uh the you know, there's a there's how, how can you how can you put to words the that whole concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's um something that uh it is really um really nice to 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 have in my life sure you know? uh it it would be horrible if everyone recognized me for a really crappy movie <laughs> i mean that would that would be a miserable life yeah, i you guess know, every so day you go out and someone said oh i saw you in hargar whatever the hell that movie was some <laughs> crappy movie that you know beats up gays or something <laughs> right you know, right yeah it's right. Like, but no, it's it's been a, a a beautiful ride, and and also Bull Durham is is something that people recognize me from. That was your first first big film, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I that mean, changed it, my life. Um, talking about references, and I had to pull this up because this this is a text that I sent to this guy right over there to Nick, and this is just how it, uh, that movie affects us. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he wrote, uh, "Nice job today, kid," and I really like it. And I wrote, "How can you be so obtuse?" <laughs> <laughs> Is it deliberate? <laughs> Here's a text that I received from my brother this morning, and this is the central philosophy of the movie and, and why one of the reasons why I love it. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. Yeah, yeah. And and the the optimism in such a dark and terrible world that, that your character displays, I can see why a doctor would be affected by that. I can see why people take... I, and personally, I, I take hope out of that movie, and I, I feel better after watching it. You guys are in Mexico, in Zehuataneo, and I feel like... A, Weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. And by the way, you filmed that in the Virgin Islands, right? Yeah, that was in St. Croix. Good. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, now we're sounding yeah, know, like Chris Farley. Yeah. But um, we apologize. No, but it's, 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 but you know what else? Another thing about that is that there this unlikely friendship between you and Morgan Freeman. You know this this thing that and and those are the two things. The the you talk about your your concert leading to redemption and and, and hope. And I think that's. Um, I think that's to me is always the most powerful thing that runs through it, as with Shawshank. But I also like that you have the balls to do, to do Anchorman mm-hmm. and to get into the the machete fight with a, uh, you know, you, you love to balance that and and I love tenacious D. I love oh taking my God. Your friggin' Tim. character in that is so goddamn funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where did you pull that character out of? Oh, uh, um, usually like, like when I get asked to do cameos, yeah, I have one requirement. Right. I need a good wig. <laughs> well, well, that was it. <laughs> and if you give me a wig, and I want to, and by the way, I get to keep the wig. Oh, yeah, do you? Nice. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all. I that's care all you about. care about. So, like, uh, <laughs> see, see, that's a good wig. That's uh, that's yeah, Anchorman man wig. I still have that wig. <laughs> Next Halloween, I'm going to wear that. And um, I got, I got a. And then there was, you know, the high fidelity one, which yeah. was a nice long hippie wig. Yeah. Very good, uh, yeah. And I, I, I said um, my requirement for that was that I wanted to look like Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> and, but um, did, you gave Jack Black his his first gig, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you really wait in when he was twelve years old? I cast oh, okay. him in a play. Okay, wow. and then uh, he started hanging around the Actors Gang, my theater company. And um, he was really young, and we were, you know, smoking. You know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. And sure. so, you know, we were like, get out of here, kid. Yeah. And uh, finally, he got to be a teenager, and um, he came around, and we cast him in a couple of plays. And then he I gave him his uh, first role in a movie, which was Bob Roberts. Bob Very Roberts, nice. and then he was in a movie called Airborne. Um, I don't know if you remember that rollerblading oh. movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been a fan of Jack Black's for a long time. Because, Streets of Cincinnati, man. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, I mean, a, a funny dude, but just a talented musician yeah. and, and even more talented singer. So when, when you... Um, you had to have been a fan of Tenacious D's music then. Oh, yeah. And you From guys, the did... very start. They, you know, he, he met Kyle at the Actors Gang. That, that all started at the Actors you Gang. You guys jammed together? Yeah. Well, he, he and Kyle, Kyle kind of taught him how to play guitar. Yeah. And uh, he kind of took him under his wing. And... Um, and so I heard the I heard the early Tenacious D songs that you oh. never heard. What was that? What, what, what are they like, like in comparison? Um, there's some pretty great ones. <laughs> I like Ever I mean, Gently. I, I, yeah, that's a great one. But uh -huh. you've never heard uh, OJ O Brother. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> All right, are we gonna? Ha is there gonna be like a re uh, re release of uh, any of their old music? I. I don't think they ever recorded that one. Oh man, because I, you know, I was a fan of theirs after they had like a little HBO run, mm -hmm. uh, and then they released their first album, uh, which I think was better than the Pick of Destiny's album. But um, I, I just, it's it, it's funny stuff. But when you have somebody who can actually sing, yeah, uh, it just makes it even better. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, by the way, Tim's band is playing just to keep plugging the show. And like you said, your son's band is opening up, or is he opening tonight? Yeah, he's opening he tonight. Yeah, tonight. yeah. Well, and, what would you, what would you say? You his... Sneak in too. Go ahead. Cool. <laughs> sneak in the back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how would you say? Is, how would you say his style? Uh, does his style compare to yours? Are you similar styles? Is he? Is he different in his approach? My I mean, son? Yeah. He, he's. Uh, um, I think he's more talented than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Is, and that's part of that early indoctrination into the Clash, you think, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Um, he's he can pick up any instrument and play it within wow. five minutes. Wow. You know, he's one of those kids. How are you self-taught? Uh, I'm self-taught. Yeah. I'm still teaching myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, you know, he'll he'll just pick it up and go, oh, I got it. You know. <sighs> no, he's really great. That. He's a great kid. How old is he? He's 19. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's young. What, yeah, what's he's the, young. What's his sound? Well, um, he's uh, he's gone through. There he is. He's gone through rock and roll. Uh, but he's uh, now he's going, Dad. Uh, I'm gonna int I'm gonna introduce the world to uh, a new form of music. <laughs> oh, wow! There's it's, one. It's there's called, one we missed. <laughs> <laughs> it's called um, it's called uh, techno folk. Techno folk. That's kind of cool. Really interesting. 
All right, techno. Do we uh, can we find any of that online? Yeah, he's uh, he's got a band called Pow Pow. Okay, and you could probably YouTube. A uh, couple. We'll see if we can grab some. He up did and put a couple up. gigs up in. Uh, he's going to school up. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but he's up uh, in the Northeast, and and he did a couple gigs near his place. Okay. Is is the? Uh, does he listen? Did you do you give him input? Would he listen if you did? Yeah. He, yeah. He, he he listens. Okay. He, you know, no, he's he's a, he's a great kid. Yeah. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, of your band. Um, I've got a clip of this. It's called uh, "You're My Dare," and we'll just play some of this. And this might is this from a Letterman performance? This is Letterman, you performed okay. on Tuesday, I think. Or? Um, Letterman, I did "Moment in the Sun." This is that that "You're My Dare." It was from the late late show. Oh, the late late show. Oh, okay. okay, in Ireland, in Dublin. Okay, yeah. I'll play a little bit of this for you. That is a Pogues sound. Yeah. 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 You can hear that. Now you, would you cite the Pogues as one of your inspirations? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. I, I love that sort of uh, Celtic sort of uh, uh, sound in there. It's, 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 it's very cool. I can see why you would uh, be attracted to a Mumford & Sons, but uh, do, do you like any of the um, other, like uh, um, Glenn Hansert and, uh, and, and some of those other musicians? Uh, Interference is another yeah, one. Yeah, I just saw Glenn open up for uh, Eddie on his solo tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, it was. He's really great. I'm so pissed at myself. We had the opportunity to have him in studio, and I just didn't. I didn't know who he was. We did. Yeah, oh, you th- dick. <laughs> Listen, man, this is before Once ever came out, and uh, and um, so I, I ended up watching the movie once, and I fell in love with it, with his music, and and uh, I think the song won an Oscar for for best song in a in a, uh, in a movie, and uh, and it's just. I, I don't know what is. Uh, I just gravitate towards that that sound. That sound, it, yeah. See, well, it's natural. You're talking about something that carries a little more emotional import. When you and you talked about being true to and not half-assing the music. When do you find you create your your best stuff? When are you most moved? When you're when something happens, it's emotional or pivotal in your life. Do you go first to music, or do you do you go first to something dramatic as an outlet? Well, I, I always go to music first. Yeah. It's the most immediate thing that you right. can do. Um, I, the better songs that I've written have happened right away. They just, you know, they yeah. they come right to you and yeah. they just flow out. Do you need to be? Do you need to be sad more, or do you need to be more pissed off? Pissed off. Yeah, that, that, it that's most comes one. from that. That's a good motivator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's, go ahead. it's kind of therapeutic, I would imagine, to write it down and get it out of you, and you know, yeah. uh, when you're pissed off. Yeah, it is, and yeah. sometimes it's. Really good, and sometimes it's sucks. sure. <laughs> sure. But, do you, you know, go? To, do you go to concerts more or movies more? Concerts, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I saw a movie last year. <laughs> really? You think you saw a movie? I last think year. I saw one. I saw one. <laughs> what if it's a great movie that you're in? Like, can you? Can, I won't go. Really? No. <laughs> what about if it's? Can you go watch Hudsucker Proxy and just focus on Paul Newman and not watch you? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it. Um, I just I I like music because it's. Uh, 
It's more surprising, you know. I think uh, movies have gotten awfully formulaic, so you kind of know the ending right away. You know, you know, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. There's there's something to. Uh, um we were talking, yeah, one of the founding members of the band America died, you know, and, and it was the first concert I ever saw. And and there's, I remember the, the whole importance of getting a record and putting the record on and looking at the album art and, yeah. and trying to uh, ascertain the motivation behind what went into that. And and that's changed now because of, you know, the, the downloading and all that stuff. Uh, what as as a young man, what what band, what artist moved you the most? Uh, you know, in that sort of experience where you just wanted to get inside their heads and and feel what they were feeling and creating. Oh well, it depends what year you're talking about. <laughs> um, but you know, the first album I ever bought was Elton John's first album. Oh, okay. And um, but then I went through a, a, a Jackson Brown phase. And, I love Jackson Brown. See, I I, I yeah. think he's so, so talented. Um, uh, Springsteen, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Warren Zevon. Uh, Zevon, and to this station, Warren, Warren Zevon and MMR had a yeah, he, long relationship. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we, that, do, we do a, a cover of one of his songs in the, in the show. What, what do you do? Uh, Don't Let Us Get Sick. Oh, okay. It's the last song on his last album. Wow. Which is a fantastic, an unbelievable, especially in light of what was going on at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful album. That's what, um, you know, it's the... Great thing about music is that it, it can um, it can be healing, you know. It can mm-hmm. it can it can uh, and someone like that, that to be able to write that song when he was dying, you know, yeah, uh, which is a, essentially a prayer, you know. Keep me in your heart is 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 a, a one that just uh, yeah is is a prayer. Oh, that's a yeah. beautiful one too. Yeah, and actually, it was um, Jackson Brown taught me that song. He, he uh, don't let us get sick, and he taught it to me about two years ago, and. He said, "You know, you really need to sing this song." That's cool. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd listen to his advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you ever get writer's block? Um, I don't. I don't. I do as a, a writer of screenplay, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but not as um, not as a songwriter because I I don't look at it like you have to do it every day. I, I right. Look at it as as like you know when it when the muse hits, do it. Right. Respect it. Pull over, pull over on the side of the road. Get your pen out. Do you always have a guitar with you? Uh pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Do you? You say you weren't. You're not good with uh, computers and stuff. You don't. You don't. Um, do you have any? Do you use anything? Any sort of? I. You know. I. I do have a computer. I. I write on. I write plays and and screenplays on on a computer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've I've actually lost entire acts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, forgetting to save. Yeah. Sounds like college for me, man. Yeah. It's like a nightmare for me. You know, it's like something's bound to go wrong. Right. Um, but uh, I just uh, just started uh, this whole uh, social networking thing. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. Like Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, You're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, yeah. But I you just, have like 1,200. I have more followers than I you I know. Do. I just started like two weeks ago. <laughs> give, me, give me some time. All right. I'll catch up to you. Yeah. You get to advertise yourself every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll tell you come what, on with this every day. I, I retweeted you, Tim. So uh, anybody who's a fan of Nick McElwain one can follow yeah. Tim Robbins one. And, we'll do our part, and we can yeah. link your Twitter account off of our website, and your Philly base will grow. Yeah, okay, great. So we'll do that. <laughs> okay. We'll start there. Excellent. Yeah. It is so cool that you're in here right it now. Is, I, you know, I, I think that's completely lost on you because you are you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And, we're, we're not you. Yeah, and we're the thing, you. in case you'll agree yeah. with this, yeah. he's every bit the Tim Robbins you're we want in, him to be. You're yeah. as cool yeah, yeah, as yeah. we would want you to be. Yeah. And that yeah. we're helping you set up your Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we are, we're, we're, all, we're fans of music, but we're also fans of movies as well. So when we have somebody like you, and when, when we had uh, John C. Riley in studio uh, a while back, yeah. he was promoting oh, that movie man. Cyrus. It was like, all right. You are John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. your Anchorman wig reminds yeah. me of John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the deal. It's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, in the beginning of the interview about uh, uh, actors and, and getting into the uh, the music game, and and unfor- you know, Billy Bob Thornton a couple of years ago started making headlines as he was resisting questions about his movie career while being, you know, while he was trying to promote his uh, his music, and he kept saying this uh, uh, this phrase of, "Well, you wouldn't ask Tom Petty that question." And, uh, you know, yeah, exactly, right? A, you're not Tom Petty. And B, if Tom Petty were in promoting a movie, I would have to ask him about his music career. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're, you're open to that. And Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I, I do want to ask you another movie question, but it, it relates to, to baseball. Um, are you a baseball fan? Would you ask Tom Petty that yeah. question? You know, I'm sorry. I wouldn't. The ball's on you. The man's in here promoting music. Right. So you won't uh, let Bull Durham sound, go. The sound of the music. No, no, yeah, baseball. The um, the scene in Bull Durham where Kevin Costner is teaching you um, answers, uh, how to how to respond to reporters, has become so uh, synonymous with how players actually answer reporters. Yeah, they always the same thing. Yeah. Do do baseball players ever come up to you and say thank you for giving me these tips? Because that's when we have ball players on. Sometimes they're great and they'll be engaging and open up a little bit, but often they'll go to the Bull Durham answers. Yeah, I've had baseball players come up to me and say that they're laughing inside while they're doing it because they have seen that movie. They yeah. know they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah you know? absolutely. So, uh, yeah, um, and also there's always a meat on every team. Right. And there's always a nuke on every team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's like the favorite um, thing to watch on the bus. Yeah. Apparently, apparently. We were talking about uh, things you get to keep off, off movies, and I was, I was just wondering... Um, it, it, Team America has the whole the whole thing with the, with all the actors and you're in right. it. And uh, they, did did they at least have the decency to give you the puppet or anything from the? No, uh, I wanted it. I went. I ran into those guys. Uh, you know, they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're gonna burn your puppet up, yeah, like you know. You know, I, I really like their. I like South Park. I think it's oh, really it's great. Funny. Yeah, and, and their show on Broadway right now is really funny. That Book of Mormon thing, right? Um, but I said, you know, you know, I, I think satire. When you get when you go for satire, you got to go after bigger targets than actors. You know, just it's, you know, <laughs> right, particularly yeah. when you're talking about war and stuff like that. So anyway, I and then I said, but listen, that's not what upset me. What upset me was. That you'd never, you didn't have the decency to send me my charred puppet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's great. You burned it. Yeah. I could have used. I, I got a place for that in my garage. <laughs> sure. I want that thing. Sure. Um, the end of Shawshank it, it uh, leaves you wanting more. By the way, and it's just like one of those things. That, is there any chance for a sequel? Maybe like a, <laughs> uh, a weekend at weekend at Annie's, Andy's or something like that. Yeah, just it's Andy like, and Red on the beach. Girls Gone Wild, right? Andy and Red, Girls Gone Wild, Zwatanejo. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. You know, just dancing our heads off. Weekend know? at Andy's, yeah. <laughs> did, uh, did Stephen King, who wrote the uh, the short story that inspired that, it was Rita, or Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, did he, uh, was he on set for any of that? Or, uh, no. No, he wasn't involved no, at all. Not, not on set. No, he gave us, gave us the rights to do it. But, uh, right. I was wondering if you ever had a chance to talk to him. Uh, and, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was, uh, I would imagine, quite happy with how that turned oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's quite happy. It's really faithful to the story. I mean, I, I think that they... Um, Somewhat. They transfer... Um, Red wasn't black in the in Right, the, in Red the was story, Irish. Though. Yeah. And they transfer the guy that uh, um, Gil um, Bellows played. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't I think of his character's name. Uh, the guy that gets shot by Hadley outside. They oh, transfer yeah, yeah. him instead of oh. shooting him in the in the in the book. But anyway, what? sorry for geeking out. About <laughs> <laughs> but we warned you ahead of time. Yeah. Yep. Was it? Was there any? Again, uh, we just might as well knock them all out of the. Yeah. When are we going to get you back in here? Uh, you and you're not even remotely claustrophobic, are you? Because there were scenes, obviously, where you kind of. In sol- I mean, I know you weren't really in solitary. But- <laughs> no, but, but I actually did go into solitary before I did the movie. I went into real solitary. Really? How long? How long? Oh, not that long. I mean, it's, you know, a half a day. You know. That's still, yeah. It was a stretch weird. of time. Yeah. I but, can imagine. You no, know, I, I, I've, um, I've come to understand a lot about prisons. I actually work in a prison right now. I, I go um, volunteer. I, I, we, my theater company goes into a prison in California, and we do theater theater classes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we do eight-week sessions, and... Uh, and um, uh, eight weeks at a time, and um, uh, every uh, year we do about six or seven of them. When you directed uh, Dead Man Walking, the the, um, the the prisoners in there in that movie seemed not like actors, but prisoners. Were you indeed using actual prisoners, or or what? You know, um, most of them were. Extras, actually. Okay. Because yeah. those, those guys were convincing as yeah, hell. But yeah. there were some real prisoners in Shawshank. Really? Yeah, because there was an active prison not far from there. So we had we used some of the extras uh, from there. Yeah. Do, uh, with uh, Johnny Cash, drew a lot of inspiration from prisons and his time in, 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 in there and created a lot of songs. And did you glean anything from your time, whether it be Shawshank or Dead Man Walking? Um, Musically? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I knew Johnny Cash. Uh, he he did a song for Dead Man Walking wow. soundtrack album, and I got to know him a little bit. And kind of, um, he, he was probably the inspiration for me to go um, into prisons and to do and that. To yeah, work, work with prisoners. Is that a cash pin that you're wearing right now? That is. is yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. And, and what are the other pins that you have on? Uh, that one is a, is a thing called Work for Blues. It's an old pin from the twenties, and this is uh, Taking Care of Business in a Flash. Uh, Elvis's. Uh, uh, you know that logo, you know TCB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. I went to Grace. Take your versions. That's right, man. Red, go down to Donut World and get me some coolers. It's not a bad Elvis. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. We've uh, uh, we could do this for hours, but uh, obviously we've got to wrap things up. And uh, yeah, we have to stop right before the point at which we start kissing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kathy's okay. <laughs> awesome to meet you, Tim. Nice but, to meet you guys too. Thanks for being here, this Tim Robbins, fun. on the press. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Stay down. 
93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt, registration and complete details at WMMR. Com and check out our custom Team WMMR apparel providers, Foley and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, it's uh, Eddie Veteran. Pearl Jam, of course, with the single version of Even Flow. And uh, this Saturday night, MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series featuring that very band, Sarah Parker. They're going to do Pearl Jam uh, from the Spectrum. Is that right? Yes. We're going to do a little mix of tracks from all four of those shows. And, uh, I mean, what a great one. One of our favorite bands to see and hear live is Pearl Jam. So we figured with concerts sort of absent for the time being, we want to bring the live music to wherever you are. And it's going to be a full commercial-free hour, 7 o'clock Saturday night. That's awesome. And, uh, man, I can't believe that was 11 years ago. 2009, fall of 2009, uh, Halloween week, the last show ever at the Spectrum, uh, October 31st, 2009 with Pearl Jam. So that's going to be... all four? I was at all four, wow. yeah. Pierre was at all four. Matt Cord was at all four. MMR was at all four. And, uh, man, I miss the Spectrum. There are some buildings that come and go in this town, and you don't really miss them too much, but the, the Spectrum was a great place to see a sporting event and certainly a great place to see a concert. And uh, Pearl Jam closing out that legendary building. So we'll feature that this Saturday night on MMR. It's Nick and Sarah. We're in for Preston and Steve, hosting the best of with Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve will be back on Monday morning. And uh, 89 and Muggy today. Thunderstorms, hopefully, uh, coming through uh, uh, scattered thunderstorms this afternoon, but um, partly cloudy tomorrow, high 92, and then 80 with thunderstorms on Friday. So we'll see how the weekend shapes up. We do have to take another look at traffic before we get to this next break, featuring Preston's take on Shakespeare. Oh, boy. Which will be interesting, but the end. Controversial. NJ- <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it's just going to be pretty straightforward. Mm. But uh, this is the NJM Insurance Group traffic with Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. So the vine is heavy westbound from the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill. 95 South, still slow Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street, where the roadway is reduced to only three lanes. Germantown Pike, slow at 202. Looks like both ways due to the fuel spill that's there. They're still cleaning it up, so use caution in that area. And Blue Route South is slow from Broomall to Route 1. This traffic report is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Prime members save on wild-caught fresh sockeye salmon fillets at Whole Foods Market for only $9.99 a pound through July 14th while supplies last. You can find all deals on the Whole Foods Market app. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. I want to vent on, on a personal note okay. for, for, for just it. a moment Does this have here. to do with the uh, lack of sun? Or are you, the no, depression? No, okay. I'm, I'm past that. You're past that now. You know, you know how to correct that. Um, This is me venting, all right? Okay. Shakespeare sucks. <laughs> I hate Shakespeare. Why? I can't. You know what? I, I'm i a pretty good Jeopardy player. I knew it. I knew it had to do with Jeopardy. <laughs> I am, I'm pretty good at Jeopardy. It's the one TV show that I really like to watch. I try to catch it every day if I can. Right. And the other day, it was it was maybe a week or so ago, I'm rolling. I'm clearing categories. It's awesome. I'm pulling answers out of my butt. And then they bring up. A, a damn Shakespeare category. And that kills you. I can't, uh, unless it's, you know, 
the the obvious Romeo and Juliet, or you know, it's I can answer like a two hundred dollar question or something, right? Like that. But as it goes further on and gets into Othello, um, Othello and, and right. King Lear, or what? Stratego, you know, Stratego. <laughs> I, I I don't get it. I I don't. I understand. Yes, the man wrote some amazing stories. At least that, we believe the man wrote. There's, there's always I been don't a, understand it. You know, there's been a point of contention as to whether or not Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare's own plays. I, I do know that many the, people believe that it's not. The, I believe Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. Plays, but I mean, like I even I even gave the the, the updated Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio a chance, <laughs> and you did not like it. I don't. the The words are I. I tr- it's too hard to try to understand right what they're basically saying. Who gets and then you get these people on Jeopardy that know everything about it, and I'm like, do you re- did you really read that and understand that? Yeah, I can't. I phys- I just m- mentally, I mean, I can't do it. It's too. The words are too flowery, and where you could have used two words to describe it, you used fifteen. And I understand it's poetry, and 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 that's part part of the beauty of poetry. The pentameter, yeah. It screws you up. I, the the words I, I right. just don't understand. There seems to be a lot of a lot of uh, overstating things. Oh, God. Well, what if you were to pick? If you did have, is there one sh- work of Shakespeare's that that you've actually been able to embrace a bit, or is there no. any, nothing? There's not one I, single I, thing. Really? I've never. I, I, no, I can't. Is read it because it. you? Well, it's, okay, so it's because you can't read it, so you won't read it. And so, that, have you ever? Read anything? No, in in uh, when I was a sophomore in English, we we listened. Macbeth? No, we listened <laughs> to Julius Caesar, or at least most of it. Right. And the only reason I had any interest is Alec Guinness was in it, and he was Darth. Ve- or I mean, he was Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> was he playing right. Obi Wan Kenobi he in this production? It would have been more entertaining. Uh, yeah. But, Blame uh, it all on Brutus. <laughs> It's too brute. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I know a handful of things, and I, and I know some of the plot lines. But I, I just it's oh, don't tell me I haven't read them all. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Have you read a seat? Uh, yeah, I've read all. I've read all of the the majors. I, I would listen. I understand. There, there's oh, some. God. I love. I love the. I love the the, the movie interpretations. I love uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier's. Uh, you know, uh, various works. But I do get it. I do get that it's it's. It, it can be a mofo, and a lot of times I've had to go back and say, "What? What exactly are they they talking about here?" Right. Here you, you know, go. Uh, go not, ahead. Not marble, nor the gilded monuments of princes shall outlive this powerful rhyme. But you shall shine more bright in these contents than unswept stone besmeared with sluttish time. The f are you saying? Obviously, <laughs> say what you're saying. Say it. The sluts involved in that one. Yeah. This is kind of cool. That's what it says. Sluttish time. Yeah. When wasteful war shall. Oh. Statues of his head and Sonnet fifty five. <laughs> well, press. Sonnet. I I took a Sha- I took a Shakespeare class. So the entire semester, that's that's all we did was read Shakespeare. But um, and and it really was amazing. I I loved the class and I loved the stories. And but but I understand because you would read it and not understand it, and that's pretty much what the class was about. Because we would then the, the teacher would dissect it for you and pretty much tell you what it meant. So once you you can understand it. I mean, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. But that's the only... I don't think... I, I wouldn't be able to, to just read it. There's no way you'd really... I mean, I wouldn't be able to follow it. Yeah, I, I know, Press, your your hate is, is rooted in Jeopardy. My hate for Shakespeare <laughs> is actually rooted in, in crossword puzzles uh, because there there are so many times where... Yes. I, you know, listen, I know Iago is the villain in Othello, and that's a, that's a good four-letter word for the villain. Right. Yeah, and and I, can, I get that. That's fine. But I, I was in the Tempest in college... 
Uh, you know what's pissed me off in crossword puzzles? It. Yeah. French. I didn't take French. Yeah. And it's French for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> I, what? I didn't take it. They should take that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. What right. does Preston know? <laughs> But let's uh, figure this out. Listen, there there are there are nuggets from Shakespeare that I that I know and I, I think are great lines. You know, rose by any other name right. would smell just as sweet or whatever. However, it smells it's real good. Like I, <laughs> the same. I understand yeah. what that means. Right, right, right. You know, it the same. But <laughs> no, just as sweet. <laughs> it's a different name, but it smells. It smells <laughs> this one smells pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I well, hate it. Why did you try? To why? Quote, why did you even try to quote something? I don't, I yeah. just, you know, it's it's know. also a lot harder to read it Hawk. than than it is to uh, see it. Like, and, and I'm not saying that you should go out and watch a Shakespeare play, but when you do watch it, act it out like uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream, right? It, yeah. If you ever, and that's read a comedy, it, right? That's a com- yeah. Well, again, in a comedy, it's not like the same as you know, forty year old virgin. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, before that time, I'm sure it was uh, it was considered uh, scandalous, but quite bawdy. Yeah, but they're they're easier. That has to ever heard of an F-budding. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. it's a lot easier just to, when, when it is acted out, you don't have to, you don't get all wrapped up in what the hell does that every fourth word mean? I, I saw Kelsey Grammer in Macbeth in yeah. New York and I was like, oh my God. Really? And, and the, 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 I think the most blown away I was was when I noticed that one of the guys was uh, Michael Gross from Family Ties. I was like, wow, okay. So you fix yeah. all that. Yeah. I, th- I think Nick's right to some extent that you, it, it does help if you can see it acted out. Trying to read it as a mofo. Yeah. I watched a, uh, and I think it was a Midsummer Night's Dream. Is that where the the, the guy and the girl look the same? That are twins. Uh... Uh, I don't know. No, uh, that's a parent trap. There's a, there's a, yes. <laughs> and they're both girls. There's a donkey, nothing. there's an ass, and Puck is in it. And, uh, and then no, Summer Night's Dream, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not, yeah. That, that's not the one I'm thinking of then. Um, and, I, and I've forgotten what this one is. But anyway, the Patty Duke show. But anyway, Helen, <laughs> oh. Helen Hunt was, was, was playing the, the main character, okay. as was a guy. They, they look similar. They're, they're brother and sister, and they're fraternal twins or something. But anyway, uh, and, and I'm watching it, and... They're, they're ripping right through the dialogue, and every now and then the audience is laughing, and I'm like, I don't even. That was a punchline. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea what you just said. It's too hard. The for guy. Me. There you go. Here it is. Duke show. Uh, well, in the class that I took, we would also uh, listen to some of the some of it, and you once you once he would dissect it. You started as the class went on. You know, like maybe mid semester, we really didn't have to do as much because you started to understand it. You 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 know you kind of knew. You what he was saying, and yeah, and you didn't focus on every fourth word and what the hell it meant. Like I like Macbeth is very. Have you ever seen Roman Polanski's movie version of Macbeth? Very violent, very bloody. Um, uh, Lawrence Olivier is considered the, the Kenneth Branagh's Shakespearean stuff is 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 great, but it is still. You know, it, it well, is. And, and Kenneth Branagh, I know what a great yeah. actor he is, but some of those those lines, those sonatas, whatever yeah. they're called. He will rattle off so fast. He talks real good. I, I just he talks real good like that. <laughs> but I mean it's so quick that I'm I like know. I have no clue what I also just, yeah. I also believe there's a large portion of the or not a perhaps a sizable portion of the population that merely is pretending that they understand what's going I on. I agree. That, and, and they just don't want to feel uncomfortable and admit that they don't get a lot of what's going on. I'm telling you after this class I I really I could understand it. I could then well, sit down and read it. And, should I take a class like that? No. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved the what, story. What was your favorite? What was your favorite uh, you of know, Shakespeare's? We, book? Like Hamlet? Were you, uh, did I, you honestly, see Mel Gibson's Hamlet? I think Steve. I think I was so excited once I was able to yeah. grasp it and understand it that 
you know, maybe that's what it was and that it wasn't just, I, I don't know. It's I, like I, learning a language, though, Kathy. It really is. And once yeah. you start grasping what that language is, then you can appreciate everything else. Well, Kath, did in this class, because in one of my English classes in, in college, we had to take uh, a play and, and basically uh, transcribe it in, in modern-day English. And, yeah. you know, so you could understand what they were saying. Right. Did you have to do that? You know, take any verses from Shakespeare? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty much a majority of the, the first, you know, half of the semester. Can you do that with everything he's written and then give it to me? And I'll read <laughs> yeah. it. tell you about well, it. Yeah. You know what? Sure. I think they do have that press. Yeah, uh, they do. There, there are modern Shakespeare, day Shakespeare, cliff notes. Yeah. Shakespeare yeah. to yeah. English translations. Yeah. Modern day English Shakespeare. Really? Uh, yeah. So instead of like, hark, who goes there? It's like, oh, who the hell is that? Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I might read something like that. Well, you know what? Side story is Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, the whole damn deal. Hang on. Let me go to Susan. Hey, Susan. Good morning. Susan. Susan, Susan are you there? there? Hark. Is there a robot in the room, Susan? Oh, God. I think so. I can uh, hear servos running. No, she was saying that her son is a senior in high school and can't understand it. That's why. That was one of the things, too. I think I think it hurt my uh, my Academic English. standing? Yeah, because I just couldn't wrap my mind You should have pretended it. as if you understood it. I should have. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Let me go to Justin. Hey, Justin, how are you? Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, man? Hey, listen, I completely agree with you guys, but uh, I got to tell you, uh, I was in high school, and we were watching one of the Shakespeare plays. I can't really remember the name of it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, Keanu Reeves was in it. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, you, want to, you want to talk about not... It was Othello. Shakespeare. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was Othello. Was that the one that... Uh, um... That Morpheus was in Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So they were in the, they were in that first, and then the Matrix and Emma um, Emma Thompson. Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, is in it as well. She does a lot of Shakespearean stuff. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Her her husband was Kenneth Kenneth Branagh. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's where all that stuff comes from. If you want Brando in Julius Caesar's really good. Hang on a second. Who's take it much unkindly that thou a Yago who hast had my purse as if the strings were thine shirts low of this. By the faith of man, I know my price. I am worth no worse a place, but he, one Michael Cassio, a Florentine. I don't know what he just said. I, I think at a certain point you just say, you need to have to say, shut up. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want me to help you? What are you saying? Just say yes. <laughs> what do you, what want? you want? You want help? You want me to help you with something? <laughs> Is that what you want? I don't understand you. <laughs> Too much simile. <laughs> Did you say uh, earlier in the conversation, Steve, the method to the madness? Method to the madness. Because yeah. that's Ooh. that's actually a Shakespearean phrase. Mm-hmm. It pulled up all these common phrases that we say nowadays that he wrote of, uh, originally. Yeah. Yeah. Eat me was in Macbeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldst thou eat me and eat me heartily? <laughs> and then they use that in Animal House yeah. on the side of the death mobile. How about that? Hey, yeah. What does doff mean when they say doff? Uh, uh, Dolph do Lundgren. You. Is that in, uh, like do you or is Rocky it does? Four? Yeah. Rocky <laughs> that was Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Dolph Lundgren. Spakeith. <laughs> I think. Oh no. Listen, I think a lot of people are are seemingly in. For some reason, are embarrassed to admit that they don't really grasp a lot of Shakespeare. You, you're at least being honest and saying. It's, it's a little daunting it. to you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think listen. the majority of the people don't. Well, you know, and I think some people pretend to, to get. I, I, I have been moved by performances, and, and uh, actually, Kathy, it's been that case where it's, it's, I've sort of been able to grasp through explanation and investigation 
you know, what these different things mm-hmm. mean, and then I appreciate it more. Well, you will, and you've told me, Steve, you've gone to like a, a mass where they where they're speaking in Latin, and you kind of grasp that. You too, begin right? to understand it, yeah. Yeah. Well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Not but I mean, like, it's, you ever. know what? It's the same thing. Like I see with opera, you know, and I, I know. That, oh man, that's above me. I yeah. can't. I can't get that. And yet, I, I, I yet when it, there's a performance that is especially visceral, I I can sort of grasp it. But there's there's a lot of it that just that just eludes me. Wait it doth elude me. Have Kathy? you been to an opera? Yeah. You have, and you 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 did or didn't like I, it? Isn't too no. Bad. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I've never been to one. I would love oh. to go. Really? We're, we're yeah. actually going to take my daughter to see because she loves it, and we actually uh, just bought her an opera uh, CD so that she goes to sleep to. But she's really intrigued by. It. She obviously doesn't know what they're saying if they're especially if they're singing in Italian. But the same thing with Shakespeare. You can understand the moods and the and the emotions. Well, it's true. I look at it this way. If we really want to be honest, we are all Laverne DeFazio. Yes. <laughs> really? That is what we are. <laughs> here, here are some of the most popular uh, common phrases that are in use because of uh, William Shakespeare wrote them. What is this? Oh, dude. All right. Anyway, um, a laughing stock was mm-hmm. by him. Uh, a sorry sight. Uh, as dead as a doornail. These are from his plays, and apparently they've made it into the, uh, you know, into the average. And greeting cards. Yeah. Uh, eaten out of house and home. See, I was right. <laughs> eat me. Which is eat really me. eat me. Yeah. <laughs> he did eat now, too. Yeah. <laughs> eat now. Yeah. Now that you are done eating me, eat my house and home. Uh, fair play. Uh, I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. Uh, in a pickle was his. Oh. Whose sandwich is this? <laughs> I love sandwiches. And yet this sandwich remains. Sandwiches. Whose sandwich is this? <laughs> Pray tell. With the crust conveniently removed. Did he come up with As if to mock me. <laughs> you going to finish that? <laughs> sandwiches. Uh, Subway it- hath provided <laughs> sustenance. Uh, Even though Jared lost copious weight, <laughs> the abundance of their food is legendary. Uh, in stitches was his. Uh, in the twinkling of an eye. Ah, okay. Now, President, what you're failing to do is to name every work that these are associated. with. I can, if you'd like, because it's written here. Uh, in stitches <laughs> was in Twelfth Night. In the twinking of the twinkling of an eye, not the twinking. In the twinkie of uh, an eye. That's the Merchant of Venice. How prescient was Shakespeare? He could foresee twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, mum's the word. I predict a spongy cake filled with cream. Uh, mum's the word is uh, from Henry. The mum. No. <laughs> no, sixth. Yeah, it's sixth. a sixth. That's, yeah. Yeah, Part okay. two. Part Electric two. Electric yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Neither here nor there was from Othello. Uh, send him packing is from Henry the Fourth. Wow! And set your teeth on edge from Henry the Fourth. I've never heard of set your teeth on edge. I've, I've heard that many times. They, there are a tremendous amount of phrases that have worked themselves into our uh, into our lexicon. That's that's. I mean, uh, too that's much, pretty cool. Too much of a good thing is from As You Like It. Vanish into thin air is from Othello. And there's method in my madness is, ah. is from Hamlet. Uh-huh. And is that a hairpiece? Uh, is that a hairpiece? I don't know. <laughs> From Julius Caesar. Uh, and don't look good. Hang on a second. I know we got to wrap it up here, Case, but real quick. Let me go to Travis. Is that hey. a hair helmet? Travis, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, man? You guys rock. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Travis. I actually, uh, there's a, a play that you might actually like, Preston. It's called The Most Lamentable Tragedy of Titus Andronicus. Hmm. It was remade as a movie with, um, uh, what's his name, about eight or nine years ago, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Sandlot. 
<laughs> the Sandlot. He was not in I the I love Sandlot. that movie. <laughs> sure. The he was a British kid, yeah. Wow. It's, just, it's called Just Titus, and it's one of those modern remakes, just like uh, Romeo and Juliet was. But you might actually like it. Do you know who... Um, I can handle little nuggets of poetry, Ian but a Mc- whole lot of it I can't stand. Ian McKellen did. I th- was it Richard the Number... And they Richard some number. They they said it in um, in in the 1940s. It was basically, I guess, it was Nazis, and uh, it was done in the in the original Shakespearean language, but it presented a a whole new environment. It was it was really an incredible movie. All right, one last call here. Let me go to Lauren. Richard the number. Look for that, Lauren. (laughs) Lauren, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. What's up, Lauren? Um, I just wanted to let you know, I, uh, I work at Barnes & Noble, and there's a series of book series that we have. We actually have a Shakespeare section, and there's a book series called No Fear Shakespeare, and it has the uh, Shakespeare text right alongside the English text so you can understand it. Huh. That might be interesting. Text alongside the English text. What, uh, what, what work of Shakespeare, would, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but uh, which work of Shakespeare sells the most? Um, what are I mean, all the kids coming in for? <laughs> Probably, well, they do Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Othello is a pretty popular one. Um, I don't really see a lot of people buying Macbeth, although I personally like it. But Okay, and Hamlet, I assume, is a big seller. Yeah, Hamlet's a pretty good seller, too. Yeah, Green Eggs and Hamlet. <laughs> Or am yeah, I think of another book? That's Hamlet, totally different. Hamlet's got a lot of action in it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to be really good. But If there's ever a Jeopardy clue where they uh, use the word Dane, as in somebody's Danish, mm-hmm. the answer is always Hamlet. That's what I've learned just by playing yeah. Jeopardy, not because I know This Hamlet. Dane. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. that. And um, by the way, it's Richard III, Steve. Although, I thought so. Uh, Ian McKellen was also in um, Othello. He did a, a performance of Othello as well. The, the Olivier stuff is considered legendary. And Olivier directed a number of the movies that he, he was in the Shakespeare stuff. Okay. All right. Well, it's messing up my Jeopardy. And I'm sick right. of it. I'm sick and tired of it. But it looks I, like you have no no recourse here. Maybe I'll try to give it another try. And, and I, really, I wouldn't mind taking a class like that, Kathy. That yeah. you took if it if it translates it and, and explains it, then maybe I, w- I can give it a chance. But I mean, I'm I'm somebody who just reads regular books, and every now and then I'll have to read an entire page over. It's just because even though I was reading the words, uh, yeah. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, yeah. You'd be surprised at how many works are remakes of of class uh, for the movies, the science fiction movie Forbidden Planet. Is uh, is based on Shakespeare's The Tempest. Really? Yeah. So okay. and there was a movie called The Tempest. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right. So anyway, I'll check out this No Fear Shakespeare and see if that does it for me. In the meantime, it still sucks. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. <laughs> Stay where you are. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Fingers crossed. It's uh, Nick and Sarah in for Preston and Steve at Best of Preston and Steve Week. Uh, the guys will be back uh, with me and Casey and Kathy and Marissa on Monday morning. Uh, but for now, we're doing some older clips and some stuff that we've done in the past, but uh, that we love to play again for you. And uh, we do have one more look at the NJM Insurance Group traffic. Sarah, what is going on on the roads? Schuylkill Eastbound is slow between Roosevelt Boulevard and 30th Street. 95 South still slow Cotman Avenue to Bridge Street with the roadway reduced to three lanes. And in New Jersey, the Jersey Turnpike North is slow near Burlington Mount Holly. The right lane is closed with construction. This traffic report is brought to you by the FCC. Are some of your local TV channels missing? Find them again by rescanning your TV now. Learn more at FCC.gov slash TV rescan. And that is your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. 
let's go with uh, this story. Police are investigating an apparent death by malnutrition in Australia. This is I, I heard this story. Yeah, this is not, horrible. This is not a fun story. A 27-year-old woman was found dead in her home recently, weighing 25 pounds. Oh 25 pounds. This is a grown adult. How is that possible? Uh, the average weight of a small child. It's understood that she was suffering from a spinal condition and had been bedridden for some time. Questions are being asked about whether authorities were aware of the woman's case. The death has appalled Dr. Uh, Andrew Lavender from the Australian Medical Association. The woman apparently suffered from ailments including severe scoliosis, which is a, a spinal curvature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Lavender says that scoliosis is manageable for most sufferers, but sometimes needs surgery. Uh, uh, leading up to her death, a person in her condition would have been permanently bedridden. He said, I can only concede that at 25 pounds, you would have no muscle mass at all, very much bed-bound, immobile, probably not even able to scratch yourself, and it is of great concern. Jesus. He says, the person in such poor health would likely suffer from significant bed sores and ulceration, as well as fungal infections and skin disease. To put this in, a fa- in, in perspective, I have a cat that weighs close to 20 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, police are preparing oh. a report for the coroner, but will not publicly detail the cause or circumstances of the woman's death. That is just very, very bizarre. Uh, Police say that a woman has been sentenced to 27 days in jail for stealing a $10 glass of tea. (laughs) 22-year-old Letitia Danielle Dellinger was one of two women who ordered water, then filled up their glasses with tea at a self-service drink stand at a restaurant. Everybody does that. Now, that's no big deal, right? Well, the the two women said they didn't like the restaurant service and then yelled out at customers that there was a bomb in the building. Uh, That's the problem. Simply switching out your water for tea, not so bad. The bomb. That's probably what got him. Exactly. Police searched the building to make sure that there was no actual you bomb threat. You must be out your goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> Both women were arrested. Dellinger accepted a plea agreement. <laughs> I just love that. That dropped the fake bomb threat charge. Uh, it was his 64th birthday, and Jack Snyder wanted to get naked. So, at San Miguel Drive in Chantilly Lane on Monday afternoon... With Sny- the ponytail? Snyder dropped his pants, shook his hips, and wagged his genitals at a passing school bus full oh, of children um, on their way home from Chasco Elementary. Uh, grandmother driving past the uh, to pick up her grandson saw Snyder's butt and called the sheriff's office. Shortly after, the sheriff's office began receiving calls from concerned parents whose children arrived home with stories of Snyder's exposed body parts. Yes, there's a man flapping his wanger at a bus. <laughs> Snyder, who was still on the scene when a deputy arrived, said that he thought flashing the bus would be, quote, funny. Oh, of course it is. Uh, Snyder was arrested and charged with five counts of lewd and lascivious <laughs> exhibition. Uh, oh, <laughs> All right, here we go. A woman accused of attempting to circumcise her baby at home. Come on! Using a box cutter and a pair of pliers. Faces assault and criminal uh, mistreatment charges. Uh, Kimonta Peterson of Portland told police that. You must be out of your goddamn (laughs) mind! That she decided to circumcise her baby at home after reading the Bible. What, uh, is there a how-to in there? Well, she said she watched some YouTube videos. Oh, okay, YouTube. Oh, and, uh, if you look in the Bible, there's an asterisk that says, see YouTube. Yeah, about Hold on, s- and is you, does YouTube even have videos like that? It's They, they were just videos about circumcision uh, before making the attempt in She's October. After the three-month-old boy suffered two, oh! two hours, oh! 
of uncontrolled bleeding. Oh, boy. She called 911 and the baby was rushed to a hospital where he was initially listed in critical condition. But the boy appears to have recovered no permanent injury as well. Nothing to the genitals? That I don't know. Uh, Peterson has been locked up since her arrest and held on $550,000 bail. Uh, And then we will do... What is that? (laughs) All you got to do is go to YouTube and type in how to circumcise. Oh, my God. And you get uh, an instruction with a banana. There's a guy with a banana in his zipper. Uh Uh-huh. I I don't think that's real, Nick. I think that's probably a spoof. But anyhow, he's cutting off the tip of it. (laughs) No, I'm sure sure it's actually from the New England Medical Journal. Well, well, the, 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 (laughs) the subject line says how to circumcise your penis like a Jew. So that probably that <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound I think, I very think that's legitimate. Probably, yeah. yeah, but anyhow, we'll move on to one more story. Rock and, out with your banana out. And this one is messed up too. Uh, Jerry uh, Mastas, Mastas, I guess is how you say his name. Is sixty four years old. He told New Mexico police that he did not notice his friend riding shotgun in his car for three days was dead. Hmm. <laughs> okay. All right, be that way. <laughs> <laughs> Mestas, <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you either. A retired prison guard didn't seek help until he noticed that his silent friend's back had turned blue. And that's when he pulled into a New Mexico Your back ho- is blue. hospital and asked for a wheelchair for his friend that he thought was sleeping. Oh, old blue back in there still ain't talking. More observant folks immediately noticed an overpowering stench, a horde of and flies. And he's decomposing and there's flies. And the decomposing body of Amy Marquez. And his musculature is relaxing and there's all sorts of lividity in the body, but he won't talk. Uh, maybe it was the booze. Uh, Mastas admits that he and Marquez had been drinking and he had been driving around aimlessly for days. He didn't think anything was amiss because Marquez, a paraplegic, can't move the lower half of her body. And because he knew she wore an adult diaper, he didn't think she needed a pit stop. Well, the thing is, she let me play all the music I like. (laughs) (laughs) Officials determined that she'd been dead about 66 hours, and she likely died because of positional asphyxiation. People who suffer from paralysis don't get signals to their brain alerting them them to a body body position that might be cutting off their oxygen supply. So they they just die? Yeah. Mastis was charged with a misdemeanor failing to report a death. A police officer said that the man was not all there. Really? He said he wasn't running on all cylinders. That's the exact quote. So anyhow, and that is what I have in the B-file for you at this time, my friends. We shall take another break. We'll be right back. Stay down. up with Preston and Steve, spend your work day with Pierre and Jackson, your evenings with Jackie and Brent, and weekends annoying the neighbors by cranking us up to 11. But why stop there? Anybody know what she's talking about? Get your hands on some awesome merch at MMR's Rock Shop now. Clothes, hats, mugs, clocks, puzzles, baby and kid stuff, even a Pierre bobblehead, and more. They make great gifts, too. So get shopping at WMMR.com now. All the merch that rocks. It's Nick and Sarah in for Preston and Steve. We do have one more break to go today, and uh, this one features... Uh, Jamie Moyer and his wife Karen, uh, who are among the most charitable people I've ever met in my life. They do a lot in and around Philadelphia. They do in, a lot in and around Seattle and uh, just lead a very impressive life. Jamie is a great guy and uh, still spends some of his time here in Philadelphia. Can be spotted in and around. He grew up here, of course, grew up a Phillies fan. And not that long ago, um, NBC Sports Philadelphia re-aired the Phil's run to the World Series in 2008 and included in that, of course, the game 
three, the Jamie Moyer one, and I watched it. I was at that game in 2008. I was lucky to be there, and uh, the Phils won that game. They won all of their home games that postseason. Jamie Moyer got the win, which is really cool. But here he is coming up on an interview with Preston and Steve from a few years back, and we will play for the, play that for you right now. First. Oh, first, the trap. Gotta do the Hollywood trash. The, trash. the trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on? Well, Grace Anatomy star Patrick Dempsey confirming that next year will be his last year on the popular primetime drama. Dempsey's character of McDreamy will be replaced by a doctor with a bladder condition named McLeaky. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. And uh, Dancing with the Stars, Dancer Cheryl Burke and Maxime Chimarovsky. Is that how it's pronounced, yes. Kathy? Uh, were spotted kissing <gasps> at the Palms Resort and Casino this past Saturday. Close friends say Cheryl is falling hard for Maxine while he considers her to be a condom with appendages. Oh. That's the, the same guy that Karina was with. That's right. Working his way through. Can't, he's a dog. You can't trust him. And finally, <laughs> organizers for Coachella have announced next year's festival will be held over two consecutive weekends. Coachella organizers say the festival will now feature 42,000 acts with the base ticket price starting somewhere around $300,000. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little too big, and that's your Hollywood trash. All right, thank you, Steve. We <laughs> want to welcome our guests into the uh, studio. We haven't had a chance to meet them before, but please welcome uh, Jamie and Karen Moy. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Great. Excellent. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Uh, and you know, we we were all talking about how much uh, we've wanted to meet you, Jamie. Oh, over cool. The years, but never had the opportunity. Cool. To do that. I used to uh, growing up here in Philadelphia. Guess yeah. what radio station I used to listen to? Tell us. It better 93. be us. Ninety-three-three. <laughs> yeah. Pierre Robert. Thank Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Did you, you know, see Pierre throw out the first pitch last year? Did you happen uh, to catch that? I don't know if I caught that or not. Not good, You'd huh? You'd be proud. Well, okay. I would be proud. Let me tell you, Jamie. I wouldn't it, be proud. It was a clinic. Okay. Uh, he, he really, uh, he schooled all the players on uh, <laughs> maybe uh, there's Maybe there's one guy I throw the ball harder than. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you grew up in kind of the area that I live in. I live out in Harleysville. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my kids are going to go to Saturday. Cool. High school, which yeah. is where you went. In fact, my friend Rick organizes a, um, a golf tournament. Yeah, Rick. Palmer. Yep, at yep. Uh, at yep. uh, Letter Rock, which yep. I played in yep. a couple times. When are you cool. going to play in that thing? Uh, anyway? Well, uh, maybe this year. That'd be nice. You never know. Yeah. And actually, your kids are going to go to the new high school. Right? Have you been to that? I have not. It's oh. awesome. Is That's this the one you say is like a college? I'm telling you, man. the The main hallway in this school, I could I could hit a driver probably and not hit the end of that. Uh, it is it's a good you know 300, 400 yards long. So it's it's a big high school. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty damn cool. Um, well. You know what the the, the golf uh, tournament that he does is for the Moyer Foundation. Tell us a little bit about the foundation first of all. Well, we uh, we started a foundation in 2000. My wife and I, my wife Karen and I, who's here with me today, and um, we really didn't have a direction with where we were going with it. And eventually, have created uh, one of our biggest passions is uh, Camp Aaron, which is a, a free bereavement camp for children ages six to seventeen years old. And we started this initial camp in the Northwest and. Fortunately, we've been able to grow these camps, and as of this summer, we'll have 40 camps wow. in 25 states, Man. Uh, one in every Major League Baseball city, and wow. that, that was a part of our goal as we established these camps, and it's very exciting for us uh, to have created a camp. There's a need for the, this type of a camp. This is a grief a, a grief camp for children, uh, somebody who's lost somebody in their life, so um, and They've gone through something traumatic, and they just need exactly. They need time to uh, to work through it, 
in an environment that uh, can make things a little bit better. Exactly. What motivated you guys to choose that? Did you have a personal experience? or We didn't necessarily have a personal experience, but we met Aaron through uh, Make-A-Wish, and we knew her sisters, and upon her passing, you know, we were thinking, hmm, right. you know, you know look, at, look at the gap here with their family, her sisters, and things like that, and it evolved into Camp Aaron. That's cool. And in fact, I got a I got a uh, text earlier this morning from somebody who went to Camp Aaron and said, uh, "Hey, my name is Maddie Erickson. I was just in Camp Aaron, Philadelphia this weekend. I'm 17. Lost my father in December to um, PTSD. Is that post traumatic stress disorder? I don't know. I don't, which I don't know if you can die from. Uh, maybe it's something else. Yeah, uh, I don't think that was it. I met Maddie actually. I was okay. at camp. All right. It says uh, the Moyers did a great job of the camp, and I thank them for giving me this opportunity to meet people who have gone through loss like me. That's what it is. It's completely empowerment ages 6 to 17 so it doesn't matter if you're little or big it's a tragedy and they embrace each other and comfort each other as strangers on Friday night it's beautiful to witness so you're surrounded by people going through a similar scenario complete empowerment nobody understands and then you're around others and there were 93 kids this weekend very cool very cool but all of my teammates um, um, with the Phillies you know they've gotten involved and uh, we bring fans together, and we just have a fun night. It's 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 an awareness evening. We're we're trying to uh, create more of an awareness here in, in the great city of Philadelphia, and giving back in this community. And, and like I said, the Phillies have uh, reached out with us to to be able to do that. You know, it's people come. It's and, a free camp, right? So it's really important for us to get out there and raise money. And I want to ask both you guys uh, because you, you've uh, Jamie, your career has taken you to uh, several different cities in the bigs around mm-hmm. uh, around the country, and um, I know that you have a real strong connection with Seattle, uh, and obviously. Obviously, have a really strong connection here with Philly as well. But um, in the off season, uh, part of the reason why we got Cliff Lee back was because of his family's connection to this town. And um, do you guys uh, have, have you experienced that? I mean, I know growing up here might be a little different for you than it was for Cliff, but it seems like the draw of Philly really was strong enough for them to bring them back to to this town. Well, there's you know, a lot of reasons to come back here. Uh, my parents still live here. I have a sister that's a school teacher in the area. We have friends here. And we have a lot of great memories here. I have a lot of great memories as a, as a child and a you know teenager and, and becoming a young adult and now becoming you know a you know a thirty something baseball yeah. player. I guess we <laughs> yeah. can say no. Um, but uh, you know, in 1980, I went to the to the World Series and watched the parade. That's awesome. Okay, and you know, a couple of years ago, in 2008, we won a World Series, and I was actually. Fortunate enough to be on a float going down Broad Street. So it, it I, I've was, been able to see both sides of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was um, uh, pretty special watching you on TV. And believe it or not, I, I had tickets to Game 5. I went to Game 5 Part 1. Mm-hmm. And then I gave uh, <laughs> my ticket to my brother so he could actually watch the win. And, and I'm sort of glad I got to do that because I was able to see all of your expressions close up on the camera. And you were a little choked up when everything went down. But mm-hmm. you took the mound. Yeah, uh, where yeah. is the mound right the mound, now? The rubber is uh, in our house on a shelf. Yeah, can, How heavy was that thing? It's, it's, it was it's a lot a few bigger. Pounds. Yeah, well, there's a uh, metal uh, cement <laughs> in, in the middle of it, which makes it quite heavy. But we took that out, and it's just it's the rubber itself. So it's. Pretty I mean, cool. you go, did you go grab a shovel and dig that uh, thing up? I started to, and I got a little uh, a little winded, and the grounds crew uh, ended up. Uh, <laughs> did you call? Me finish. Did you call dibs on that before the game? Or, uh, no, or I just we were out on the field, and I went, "Oh my gosh, there's the rubber!" Right. And I had done it once before in Seattle when the the year that we won. 116 games. Yeah, I actually asked. I called the grounds crew and asked them if I could have that rubber, and they said, "Yeah, we'll dig it up and we'll just give it to you." So they did. But this time, I thought about it 
in yeah. the in the actually in the act or in the process of winning or celebrating. <laughs> and I just went over and said, "Hey, can I have that?" And they're yeah. going, nah, "I think yeah. the league's going to want." I said, "No, nah, <laughs> the league's not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just take this. Yeah, having we'll give uh, them another one. <laughs> sure, I'm actually on the team. Let me have those grounds crew guys are very protective. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, they are. They you are got lucky. Yeah. Uh, but having played for so many different teams, you played for seven teams uh, mm-hmm. and playing for that team in Seattle who won 116 games right. uh, was favored to win the World Series and didn't. Mm-hmm. How special was it to a win a World Series and b win it here in Philadelphia? Well, yeah. Can you even describe how it, you felt? It, you're right. It is very difficult to describe. Uh, and you're right. A winning a World Series. You know, I played my whole career. You know, twenty some years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, not till the you know towards the very end of my career was I on even got to a World Series. And then, you know, wow. And it just happens to be in the city where you were born, you were raised, and went to school, and, and, and now have come back to as a player. Um, I would have never, I would have, could have never scripted it any better. Right. It had to be all part of that journey that you have been exactly. on to make sure that you finally got to come to our show. Did you start game three of the World Series? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, I was, I was at yeah. that game and it was uh, delayed by like an hour and a half. Yes. It was just a terrible weather. Another miserable night. That yeah. whole week. And But for me, I mean, it was such an amazing week. It was, it was an incredible season, obviously, and, and then October was great. Um, uh, but the World Series itself, despite all the joy of the baseball the weather was was horrible and then you get to the parade the day of the parade where you're riding it and not not watching it and it was just this picture perfect october day and and it just philadelphia i don't think it ever been happier you know and seeing you guys do that it was just an amazing sight to be on our side of it yeah uh actually karen and i were at a, a function last night we were discussing it and it was just, it was magical. It was unbelievable. It was, you saw people crying. You saw people happy. You saw people celebrating. You saw people drinking. There were people on the trees, on the lights. Everybody was genuinely happy. Everybody was there for the same reason. It was to celebrate, you know, the winning of the World Series. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'd ne- say pretty cool. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I was getting a lap dance at Club Risque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really? You were. We had a pre-party. Remember yes, that? We right. were there, and we were getting ready to leave, <laughs> and the traffic was so heavy. I'm like, dude, I can- I'm never going to get through that. I what can I'll I do just- to kill time? <laughs> ah, just stand. Here, here's 20. Uh, <laughs> Destiny, come over here. <laughs> It was, so tough. it was very special. <laughs> yeah. I had to. I had to be home for for uh, Halloween because the, the the parade That's was, right. on, it Halloween was on Halloween day. Yeah, and I, I couldn't even risk missing trick or treating with the kids. So <laughs> I, I totally drove past the cool it. thing is, yeah. everybody has a story yeah. about where they were, yeah. whether they were at the parade or they were doing something else. They know exactly where they were when the parade was taking place. Mm-hmm. I totally missed it. I, yeah. I missed my kids' <laughs> Halloween parade to watch the Phillies parade. Well, Marissa missed it too, and that's because I made her stay at oh. Chickies and Pete's. I was like, don't worry. We're not going to miss them. We're not going to miss them. We went outside, and we had just missed all the press. Oh. She wanted to kill me. Oh, man. Not good. <laughs> a moment in history. Um, Jamie, what is your status right now? Because we heard you want to play some more. I am it? in uh, making an attempt to, to rehab, get through rehab, and I've started to throw. I'm in my third week of throwing, not pitching, throwing, and um, my goal is to try to get back. It won't be this year. Mm-hmm. It would be next year. What kind of surgery did you have? I had Tommy John surgery. And sometimes uh, pitchers come back, like Randy Wolf had it, and he came back mm-hmm. stronger than, yep. than ever. Yeah. Well, I also had uh, I had a flexor pronator tear, which is a kind of that 
muscle mass right before your elbow. Uh-huh. That would be Elton John surgery yeah. for that. Yeah. Okay. And had that uh, repaired as well. So uh, I, you know, I'm trying to let two things heal and, and rehab two things. But so far, like I said, I'm in my third week of catch. And I uh, actually played catch in the city yesterday. I had a lot of passerbys as we were playing catch in the city. So it was kind of fun. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully by the fall I'll have a pretty good idea. Played catch with my son the other day for about 15 minutes. My arm was killing me. <laughs> I mean, just tossing the ball. And that's it. And I work out, too, Tim. Your arm's not supposed to do that. Man. Hey, congrats on the uh, baseball tonight gig. Are you liking doing ESPN? It's uh, it's different. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never, you know, it's the media. Yeah. So I've, never, I've never really been on that side of it. Not that it's a bad thing. Um no, it is. But it, 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 <laughs> you look at the game a little different, and you don't have the same perspective as you did as as a player. You know, it's, I, a lot of times I want to like, hey, I want to give someone so and so a call and talk. And I'm like, nah, you just can't do that. Well, is, would, are, so, are you saying like a, a, adapting to a, a level of objectivity to it? Yeah, because yeah. but you're there for your but, subjective right, right, take exactly. on it. So, so you, that's what I'm learning how to try to take from one place and right. use it in another place and, and and actually try to educate people or enlighten people on hey you might be thinking this or this is what they were trying to do or you know trying to bring a different side uh bring that to the game it's more enjoyable to get that information filtered through someone who's been there yeah yeah because yeah. it's just Absolutely. a, it's a well, different well it's getting but getting the, for me it's getting that point across yeah oh, okay <laughs> well, yeah i want to ask you one more baseball question uh-huh. and um uh, dealing with chooch carlos ruiz i mean you know he, he caught uh perfect game last year caught a no hitter in the, in the playoffs um and every pitcher talks about how his baseball knowledge is so helpful what mm-hmm. has your experience been with him and, and why is he such a great catcher uh, he's what i'm going to start at the end and say why he's a great catcher because he gets to know his pitchers and he learns about each guy and what it takes and and what you know and then then he also figures out, all right, today this guy has this. You know, maybe this isn't as good today. And he takes that and uses that. In this, and he also has gotten to know the hitters. Um, and it just kind of, it, it's, there's a body language that goes, takes place between the pitcher and the catcher. You don't, I guess you don't think of it that way, that it, it really is a partnership. It is. Yeah, and it's, but you can, we tend a lot to think... of times you're communicating with really not talking. It's, right. It's just the way, you know, you're 10 feet away from me right now. You know, I, right. Mean, I can look at you, make a face at you, and you're going to kind of get it. Or right. I'm going to smile, and you're going to go, ah, you like what I said. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's yeah. the same way picture. And then what we're also trying to do is trying to read a reaction from a hitter. Okay, there's a guy standing up there with a bat, and he's supposed to hit the ball far. Right, yeah. So my our job is to somehow get him to hit the ball you know, where he doesn't get extension, his arms extended, so catch him behind or catch him out in front, take the power out of a swing. So that's the whole It's a whole series of things. And there's like a little it's kind of polygamous, uh, you know, the the catcher has all these special relationships with pitchers <laughs> and you all, you really only have one catcher. You, yeah. you, you basically have two catchers, but right. you ever get jealous that a catcher has a better relationship with another pitcher? Uh, yeah, 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 I would say that. You, yeah. you can you can sense that at times, but then you know now it's you know, like, all right, no, I got to, you know, you, it's not like you're trying to one up somebody, but right. How did he get on that same page with him? Yeah. No, Jimmy, gotta... you'd notice if he shaved for another pitcher. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't yeah. done that, but I'm going to start to take notice. <laughs> take notice. I'm bringing two flowers tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Making cookies. Yeah. Does he uh, whisper any insults in Spanish to the uh, batters or anything like that? I've, I've at times told him, hey, tell him what's coming. You know, say a guy, I've, <laughs> yeah. you know, a guy that swings a bat well off me, I say, hey, when you go back there, tell him what's coming. Yeah. And he'll go, and Chucha will look at me like, Huh? What? 
<laughs> and, and, and I'm like, did you say anything? Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I said, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> because, you know what, really, you know, if the catcher says, hey, you're going to throw a fastball. Mm-hmm. You know, and the guy's going, hey, what are you doing telling me what's going on? <laughs> now he's going, all right, is it really going to happen? Right? Is it not going to happen? That's brilliant. You know? Of course. I mean, that's, that's why I'm doing it. Sure. Tell him whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, because st- you still have to hit. Round ball with round bat. Right. You know, and that's right. hard enough to do. It's now like, you get him thinking about it. <laughs> now I feel like I have the advantage. Yeah. Wow. It's like Bull Durham. It's the cerebral part now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. It, it totally yeah. is a heady game. Man. That's it how is. we raise it kids. Most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, can I ask, the, you're, you're a Moyer from uh, from Satterton. Yes. The Moyers own everything out there. Are you oh. one of them? Yes, you guys do my I, I'm oh, not affiliated exactly. with any of it, <laughs> so, other than kids. just saying that we're from there, and it's a great place. It's a great it, yeah. part of the country, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Casey, you're right. They they do our uh, um, they fertilize our yard. I, I mean, our, everything. Our control, all yeah. of that is Moyer, yeah. and I yeah. didn't even think yeah. about. They're that, like Jamie. the Stolfuses of uh, you know of Lancaster. <laughs> the, the Moyers, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, it. no relation to that. No huh? relation. No. Right? Because I got a guy named Darren Moyer who says he grew up with you here on the line. Hang There's on. probably a lot of people that are <laughs> going to say that. Darren, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Good. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Do you really know Jamie or what? Jamie, my father, was his midget football coach at Satterton um, for the uh, midget football. Preston was his name? No, Jerry Moyer. Jerry Moyer. You were a quarterback. Yeah, I was. You're right. And you were a midget, apparently. Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, what, uh, what team? 80-pound A, 80-pound B, no, 95 or 125 or 115? And I grew up Rick Palmer's next-door neighbor. Okay, yeah. Rick Palmer. He's yeah. getting some pub. Yeah. yeah, Rick, by the way, Rick, Rick is the, uh, uh, he's a postman in our. Uh, yeah. in is our, he? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. And he also works over at Letter Rock Golf Club. Yeah. I guess part-time. nothing happens in that city without, uh, without him. Everybody right. knows everybody's yeah. business out there. I just yeah. wanted to say that I wear your shirt proudly. I'm cool. the only Moyer that can wear your shirt proudly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't awesome. know, but I think there's probably a lot that are saying that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm worried that my age is catching up to your number on my shirt. Oh, that's okay. Age is only a number. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Darren. Uh, and actually, here here's a uh, uh, a guy who was nephew was at Camp Aaron since we were talking about oh. that. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, I wasn't there. Uh, my nephew was uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Um, he was there with his brother. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's pretty amazing how uh, you guys have started this for um, kids. Thank you. I probably met your your nephews. I guess what are their names? Uh, Tommy. It was it was one one nephew, Tommy. Tommy. And, and, and who was uh, who did he lose? A uh, Rob. His uh, son, or his uh, brother, twin his, brother. His twin brother. Oh, oh I did meet him. It was, yeah. I did yeah. meet him. Um, and it, it, he it, was it, sick, right? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just amazing because when we're adults and when we lose a, um, a friend or, or a family member, we can deal with, deal with that. But when you uh, see another child lose lose a, a friend or a parent or or sibling, it's, what goes through their mind, and sure. it's pretty amazing how you guys uh, started this up. And unfortunately, um, I wanted to get my daughter there, but she's a little too young. Okay. How old is she? Uh, she just turned six. Okay. Well, okay. maybe next year we could get her there. And the, um, I had a really good conversation with uh, with Tommy, and uh, I, I, you know, they need they need to acknowledgement. You know what, buddy? I'm really sorry for your loss. And yeah. and for him, I said. Yeah. 
you know, not only is a sibling, it's a twin. So there's there's this other kind of guilt that oh, goes yeah. on. Yeah, and, and, and it's crazy too. Is that uh, my uh, my daughter passed away almost a year ago. Oh. Really sorry for your loss. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but um, it's amazing how uh, you guys have done this, and it's and it's good that uh, you know, my nephews could talk about with uh, with my daughter, but it's um. That's the whole biggest thing is having these other kids say, hey, you know, you're not alone. That's well, Rob, yeah, I think they're absolutely. also very lucky to have uh, to have you uh, in their lives as well. So, uh, yeah, and, that, that, and, yeah. and to hear you describe the, the benefit of it uh, makes it all the more important that you support absolutely. it. Absolutely. We're really happy. Yeah. I can't help but be at camp. These kids fill my heart. And Thanks, um, you see um, there's this luminary thing that happens on Saturday night, and these kids light a candle for their loved one. And they all go through and mention who they've lost. It's pretty powerful when 93 kids go past about 12 seven-year-old girls lost their daddies. It was really wow. sad. And it seems like, I mean, each person that we've mentioned, you know them. So do you sit down with every person that goes to the camp? Um, I, I make a lot of effort to get around and get hugs by, from all of them. And uh, some of them, I'm able to get their stories. Um, and there's 40 camps? There's 40 camps. And, and Lord. what we didn't mention this year, it's really cool, is that we have four camps this year, you guys. While we've served military kids, this year we're going to have four camps exclusively for military wow. kids. That's great. That's great. Yep. I'd be a rank if I were you guys. Yeah. I honestly, well, we're parents emotionally, of eight kids. I don't yeah. know if you know that about us, but we eight have kids. eight kids. Yeah. and um, I, wow. you know, I miss my kids. There's there's a bunch of them right, right there with Jamie. Um, if you're online, and and I think that, um, you know, we we count our blessings. Um, I had a little boy come up to me that looks just like our number five. He's the same age. Looked just like him, um, curly hair, and he said, "I said, hey, buddy, you know, why are you here?" And he said, "I lost my mommy." It was really hard for me to keep it together. Right, right. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. I'm also really happy when I leave camp, and yeah. it's uplifting because yeah. it's there, and I know we've helped them heal through their tears. You've done something good. Yeah. yeah. It's something that they weren't getting before, so that's, right. that's terrific. And there's lots of ways to get involved, and we have exciting news. We are opening an office in Philadelphia, so we've just hired a national director. We're looking at office space right now. And we're really excited, you guys. We're deepening our commitment across America, bringing it to Philly. You, ta- you asked about Philly. This, this city embraced us as soon as we, Jamie was traded here with our mission of helping kids. It's a fantastic organization that supported us. The city has supported us. And we're bringing it here. You're, we have lots of kids in distress in Philly, and we're here to help. We, we, have, uh, we are always massively humbled by the charitable um, uh, donations that we receive from the listeners with the camp out for hunger, the blood drives, or anything we do. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. We know that people step up and support it. Yep. yep. And if there are more events, whatever, coming up, let awesome. us know. We Please will. let us know, guys. Well, yeah. you, can, anybody, you can always get involved with Camp Aaron. You know, the, the, we, we believe everybody has time, talent, or treasure. Some yeah. have all three, some have two, that would be some me. have one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's many ways to reach out and help. And, you know, and. We love it all. That's great. Uh, Jamie, I'm just glad you finally got to come to your favorite radio station. Yeah. 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 It's a dream come true for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I went to school right down the street here. St. Joe's. St. Joe's. Right. I went there for three years and didn't know this was here, huh? Right no, we were in the it was city. Somewhere in, oh, you were yeah. in the city? Yeah. Okay, yeah. back yeah. then? Way yeah. back yeah. then? Yeah. <laughs> Once you left, we moved over here. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Thanks Jamie for having us on. Moyer, All right. Outstanding. And the Moyer Foundation, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. The best of Preston and Steve, the show today, brought to you by hers, the official chip of making the most of your summer. And I've had a great time doing the best of with you today, Nick. Yeah, me too. This is the first time we've worked together in a long time professionally. I mean, we see each other in the halls all the time, of course, but to be able to host a show with you has been really cool. And uh, Preston and Steve will be back 
on Monday morning. Uh, but speaking of being back in the lovely confines of 93.3 WMMR, Pierre Robert. Welcome back to Philly, Pierre. Thank you. You got your mask on, man. I have my glow mask on. I'm impressed. I found this mask on the box somewhere, and it's got all these colors in it. Now, this is absolutely useless on radio. Okay. However, um, were you to be able to see it, it's a mask that's black, and it glows with all these different color lights. It looks like there's some sort of LED setup where you have a cloth over an LED light that changes colors, and then a bunch of holes punched in the cloth so that it looks like a, a starry night. Well said. A trippy sir. starry night. Well said. Uh, yeah. So, how uh, were your travels? Well, um, let's see. Uh, I had <laughs> when, some... when the story starts like this, <laughs> how many flights did you miss, Pierre? Uh, no, I didn't miss any flights on Corona Air. Okay, uh, good. I mean, American Airlines, um, American COVID Airlines. Uh, American Airlines should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, they and United have gone back to selling all three seats because uh, I travel in steerage. Uh, or coach, as it uh, is now known. And um, so they were holding the middle seat, and they have stopped doing that. Now, to their credit, Southwest and Delta and a few others are still holding middle seats. But my flight for the first wave out was as jam-packed as possible and oh and, and you have about an inch of space in, you know, in front of your knees anyway. Uncomfortable in the non-pandemic yes. time of year, yeah. But it was a it was a Corona cattle car. Well, that's a shame. And um and and, and it it made me anxious and it really annoyed. I mean, I know that they're losing money. I know the airlines are having a tough time, uh, and I sympathize with that, but I just think they have no business selling the middle seat. Well, uh, I, I assume that you had your mask and your sanitizer and didn't fall I did asleep that. and lean on anybody <laughs> during uh, the no, flight, I, I hope. Didn't need, but, I mean, you're squished in. It was sure. jam-packed. Mm-hmm. There was not an extra seat on the plane. Now, the irony, and I and I brought... Clorox wipes and I, I I've never this is so insane I wiped the seat down before I sat down and I had oh a, I do that all the time on an airplane yeah even pre pandemic absolutely I usually yes. lick the seat before oh, I sit on it oh that's a choice no, I'm kidding but I mean I'm I'm not a germaphobe uh, and I never have been well I was nah, a long time ago but I mean I've shaken shaken hundreds of hands and gone right out to eat I never use hand sanitizer I don't I, and I can't wait to get back to getting greasy and dirty and sloppy and making out with people and passing beers right now without um oh will you have a sip of my beer sarah baby no thank you sir i can't wait to get back to that but we're not quite there yet so um so the irony was so we're jam-packed but i'm i got an n95 mask which are, are difficult to breathe out of but i wore that and i slept and then i got to phoenix which is my halfway point and then I got off, and the second plane out to California to Lake Tahoe, Reno, was um, virtually uh, empty. Oh. It, it was like maybe 20% full. So I had the whole row to myself. Okay, fine. So I get off in Reno, and the flight attendant says, now please make a point to put six feet in front of you and the people that are exiting. And I'm, and the top of my head is lifting off and lava is coming out. The same <laughs> airline that smashed all these people, American Airlines, and you suck, uh, are wow. the same people that, um, the very same people that then encourage you to put six feet. I suppose they won't be advertising with us anytime soon. Not anytime soon. That, they're the same people that put, that tell you to put six feet in front of you on the next flight as if they care. 
You know, please get your story straight at the very least. I'm sh- and lovely people that work there, and I've flown it many times, or I used to. I'm, I'm not going to for a while. Have you uh, heard of the no-fly list? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably on it. Now. You're on it now. They oh, love boy. me at American Airlines. You know, here's the deal: make the middle seat open. But they, you know, they want to make more money, and they they're having tough times. I do sympathize with that, but I was so crazy angry with. Well, again, uh, the most that you can do is what you can control, which is the sanitizer and the masks and the washing of the hands. And I hope that when you did arrive at your destination, you enjoyed it. I did. Wonderful. And then I had uh, COVID airlines on the way back. It was lovely. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Part two. Well, welcome uh, home. Stay away. Yeah. Want to give me a big hug, I don't. No, I don't want to get anywhere near you. And uh, I'm going to maintain my distance. Um, Jackson said, when you get back after traveling on that airplane, I want to be nowhere near you. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we we live in such strange times. And so people are doing whatever they can to maintain their own level of safety and their own level of comfort. And uh, there, there's no consistency among a lot of these different messages, so it's it's hard. I and I, but I'm glad you were able to travel. I'm glad you were able to make it there and make it back, even if some of those um, were a bit harrowing. Some of the times were harrowing. No, it was nice. It was nice being out there. But uh, and you know, I, you and I saw the same report on NBC News last night that actually airplane um, HEPA filters, yeah, are really well done so that they force all the air from the top of the cabin down, so you're not swishing air about sideways with you and your uh, potentially contaminated roommates. The air it's a scientific itself. verbiage, by the way. Swishing <laughs> air back and forth. Swishing air. Well, well the, yeah, the air itself I, is is relatively healthy and clean. Uh, when cleaner. I move, I swish air. Cleaner than. Uh, That's my new airline. Swish air. <laughs> swish air. Yeah. They fly to Switzerland. Swish Air Pierre. (laughs) Oh, golly. Well, Pierre is going to keep you company from a distance today. Happy to have you back. Stay away from your radio. Nick, uh, we'll be back doing this again bright and early tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, some great stuff coming tomorrow as well. And uh, it's been a pleasure, Sarah. It's it's nice to see you again, Pierre. You guys sounded great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I loved your interactions. Thanks. Appreciate that. You'll uh, get more of them tomorrow. Yeah, more tomorrow (laughs) and more with Pierre coming up next. Love it. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.